warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode That's a shame. That's a shame. I think next week I'm going to have even more gusto. Oh, man. What happened? You're to bring the gusto next week. Yeah, what happened to all the gusto? Is what, I've been seeing that trending on uh, Twitter, that hashtag. Uh, hashtag, <laughs> where, where's, where's the gusto? <laughs> hashtag minus gusto. Hashtag I've what? been seeing it, too. <laughs> you have. It makes me sad. I know. I know. Bring the gusto is what they say. Yeah, why so down? Yeah, I know. Why so down? I don't know because maybe, maybe this COVID nineteen is just. I, why we're bringing? I bring it up every week. This fucking COVID shit. Oh, it's a giant fun killer. I know. Oh, Christ, what are we doing? Oh yeah, we got guests. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Yeah, back back again, Neil. How many fucking weeks it's been? It's been like this is like the fourth regular episode in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Welcome back, Neil. Thank you. It's like <laughs> no surprises there. <laughs> also, the fourth week in a row with pre-episode sound problems. I don't know if there's yep. any correlation there. This is not as bad as that that one time a couple months ago. Well, well, yeah, what, what's what's up with uh, just working out the the audio kinks before you get on, Neil? What's up with that? Uh, what are you doing? Uh, doing something wrong, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you, but you, <laughs> then you immediately fix it. It's just so weird. I think you're just looking for attention, like a giant oh, audio troll. 
It's entirely possible. Oh man! Oh, we're still not alone. We got more. We got more to add to this smorgasbord of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, Shy Anechi. Shy, welcome back, man. Hey, man. I'm glad to be back, dude. My our favorite <laughs> listener from Amsterdam, probably our only listener from Amsterdam, and here you are in the show. <laughs> There wasn't much gusto in that intro for me. Yeah, 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 yeah we got it. I know. Shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's part of the no gustos? Oh, man. Yeah, hashtag me. We need more gusto. Oh, my God. Oh, the, like, we need Christopher Walken just, like, banging a cowbell going, more gusto. <laughs> yeah. What did we talk about last time you were on, Shy? Oh, fuck. Uh, we did the Marvel thing, which got lost. Uh, for two hours. Mm, mm. Um, I don't know. We talked a bunch of shit like we usually do. <laughs> and then, and then there was like maybe like 15 minutes of like decent content. <laughs> wow. All the good stuff was lost and deleted. I do remember that now. It's, it's fucked up when even the guest doesn't even remember everything we talked about. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know I put him on the spot there though that was pretty hard. It should be memorable, you know what I mean? It should be a memorable experience coming on here. Oh, and then we talked about this, that, and the other. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, you lost some shit. You lost about two hours of audio, and then <laughs> we had fifteen minutes of salvageable audio. That's it. <laughs> no, it's because it was so good. I can't pick my favorite moment." Uh, it's too late to backtrack now. <laughs> I was expecting a stroll, a happy stroll down memory lane of PCL there, and it was just a bi- giant shit fest. <laughs> no, it was fucking great. I love being here. Mm. Yeah, you say that now. Wait until this week. <laughs> Holy fuck. No, I'm actually really excited, man. We have like we we have a lot of good shit to talk about today. Like in like two three hours from now. Yeah, yeah. When we find. <laughs> I'm just double checking, making shit, sure this is recording. To be quite honest yeah. with you, do you think that guy was right? Do you think uh, an off my off off mic producer is the is the true calling for me? Yeah, <laughs> damn, shy is coming in hot. What the fuck? I'm fucking with you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm no, if you, you. if you're not familiar with that reference, that years ago there was a uh, iTunes reviewer that told me <laughs> that told us in an iTunes review that I would be better as an off mic producer. <laughs> that guy's such a dick. Oh man, I think we I think we kissed and made up. I, I don't know. I think he sent me an email and said, you know, hey, you know, this is the deal or whatever. I can't remember. I think that was that TJ Lamb. I can't remember who it was. Oh, I, I don't. I can't put the review to the actual reviewer anymore. That's yeah. too long ago. Yeah, probably doesn't even listen anymore. Probably got the COVID and died. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> My favorite IT three of all time is still the the guy that worked for the School of the Blind. Oh god! Oh, oh yeah! My god. Uh, try to put that one behind me. Not not one of my finest moments. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's jump into the old. Oh well, you know what? Let's catch up with Shy. Let's play. Let's play catch up with Shy. I don't have a bumper made for catch up with Shy, but. We'll catch up with Shy. the episode. Shy, how you been, man? Yeah, dude, uh, you know, uh, same as you guys, quarantining, social distancing and all that. Um, yeah, Amsterdam is like on partial lockdown, so it's not super strict, but they're trying to like slow down the spread of it, uh, but not like total lockdown. 
but it was actually funny yesterday. Um, my little brother was coming over, and he's like, like, kind of like a smallish, twenty-one-year-old scrawny kid. And he was coming over, and there was this guy with his like wife and like baby in a stroller. And he told him like, "Oh, don't walk so close to me." And then my brother's like, "Oh, okay, sure." And he kept walking. And the guy turned around, like, saying, oh, well, what do you want, you pussy-ass bitch? And then my little brother was, like, totally confused. So he just came and rang my doorbell. And the guy followed him there. And so, like, when he rang the doorbell, I went to open the door, and this guy's, like, kicking at my door. <laughs> so I'm, like, in my, like, slippers. I start running after him through the street. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you kicking down my door? He's like, keep your distance. Keep your distance. I'm like, you're not keeping your distance with kicking down my door. Um, so, and then he ended up just fucking off with his wife and baby. And, um, yeah, that's the end of that story. So, Corona's great, man. But... <laughs> what the fuck? What the is fuck? That, is, that a, is that a tourist or is that someone that lives there? I, yeah, I think he lived here. He was like, uh, like a British expat who moved here, I believe. But, like, what baffled me the most was, like, why is he, like, Picking on this like twenty-one-year-old kid when he's with his wife and baby. Yeah, well, how was she? Was she like turned on by this? Do you think? Like, you know no, what I mean? no, I was like, thing. I was like looking at her like, dude, what's your idiot husband doing? Like, why is he kicking my door? And then like when I was chasing after him, like it was ridiculous. I was like barefoot because at this point my slippers came off, oh, and man. I was chasing after him through the like the cross section because he like almost attacked my little brother, and that's like just not okay, you know? I was like crossing a line. Don't you just want to beat him with like a six foot pole and be like, "Is this far enough away, asshole?" You know? What I, mean? I tried. I tried running at him, but like he he was like obviously because my little brother's like a little bit scrawny. So he's like kicking at the door and then like out comes like this larger fella. He's like, fuck, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> so he like sees me and he starts running. He's like doing like this high school run where he's like kind of like looking back at me to see how far away I am. And I keep like making like little sprints, but he keeps getting away. And then he's like, dude, keep your distance. I'm like, dude, you want to see distance? Come here. I'll show you distance. <laughs> I didn't end up catching him, which is probably very good. Uh, but then I just told him to fuck off. And he's like, I know where you live. I'm like, great. Let's call the police and talk about how you harassed a, a, like a child almost and then kicked down my door. How about that? What a fucking lunatic. Yeah, it was nuts. That was wild. You could have, you could have flagged down the wife and the baby. He had to come back for them eventually, probably. Yeah. Well, she was trying to get away, and I was like, "Don't you dare walk away!" Like your husband wants to call the police, so you need to stick around for this. <laughs> I don't crazy. know. I, yeah, I don't even know how to like like like. Uh... But it's just like this thing of like, oh, okay. There's like this new thing in the news, and like I have to like become the martyr and tell everyone to keep their distance. And if they don't, then I get to like have this license to lose it on them because that's what society says, you know? Yeah. Man. He took it so far that he like took it to where he wasn't supposed to. Like he wasn't even social distancing by the end of it. No, exactly, exactly. That was the irony of it. <laughs> what was like? like what, what, why was he? Why? He, why was he just so angry? I, I've never. That's that's such an odd encounter. With yeah, that's that's what confused my little brother the most. He's like, I think he was having a bad day, and he just wanted to take it out on me. <laughs> Maybe he just knows measurement that well. Like that's his thing. He knows exactly what six feet away is, and your yeah. brother was like five, you know, five eleven. Maybe away. he found out that the baby wasn't his. 
That's good. That's a good twist. Why don't you? Hey, why, why aren't you kicking down Todd's door? He's the one banging your wife nine months ago, <laughs> asshole. That's Todd's baby too. It's Todd's baby, man. What the fuck? That's crazy. Did you hear about the the parents that named their kids Corona and COVID over this whole thing? I did. I did. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of parents named their kids Corona and COVID. Okay. And they stopped making Corona beer in Mexico over this shit. Hmm. Yes, yes. They closed the plant down officially a couple days ago, right? Yeah. And Todd's banging that guy's wife. (laughs) 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 Jesus, so much going on in the news. It's so ridiculous, man. But besides that, all good, man. I'm working from home. I'm fortunate to work in the tech industry, so this hasn't had a really effect on my job, unlike a lot of other people. Yeah. So I'm pretty grateful for that. That's awesome. That's good. That's good. I know it's affecting a lot of people. Jesus yeah, Christ. and that really sucks. Ah, let's jump in. You guys ready to jump in these fucking iTunes reviews? Yeah, I love them. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. iTunes reviews. It's iTunes reviews this week. First one comes from uh, Mad Vibes, and it's spelled M-A-D-D, Vibes with a Z. Mad Vibes. <laughs> That's kind of badass. What's the meaning there? Does he does he have a lot of vibes, or are they really good vibes? Like what's the what's the mad? Is it multiple or or just insanely good vibes? I don't know. The second one, Jake. You feel better now? I, 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 <laughs> Jake's, you're trying to start some banter with me, and here I am, just I'm just I'm I'm kicking down your door, shutting it down, and saying, "Who's, where's Todd?" I'm kicking down your door and saying, "Where's Todd?" The whole time, it's fucked up. I had like NBA Jam in my head, and you just being rejected. Yeah, oh my god, NBA Jam. That fucking game. Insane game. I used to play that all the time. I remember, it came, when did it come out? 92? 92? 91? 92? I used to just, right. I used to just pick the Orlando Magic with Shaq and Scott Skiles. And I would just shoot threes like a motherfucker. And the guy <laughs> I'd play with, he would just dunk. He would just Shaq. So, oh, Scott Skiles just shooting up those threes. Yeah, that was such a fun game. I, I'm, you know, not even the biggest basketball guy, but I played the shit out of NBA Jam. Yeah, I did too. And then didn't they have one called Hang Time? I don't remember that. I remember Arch Rivals, where it was like you could actually pick stuff up and hit people with it and punch people, and <laughs> they like combined a fighting game with basketball. Yeah, guy that nearly attacked Shy played that one quite a bit. <laughs> God damn. Uh, what is it with uh, Mad Vice? A fun and entertaining podcast up until episode 328 <laughs> is what it's titled. Which well, that happens to be the episode that we're on right now. That's wild. <laughs> anyway, it goes on to say, I've been, uh, I've been listening to this podcast for about two years now and I'd have to say there is rarely a dull moment. Well, welcome to that, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to that moment. <laughs> 
I have a pretty stressful medical job, and this podcast helps take me out of uh, out of reality and to and from work each day. I wish I had nerdy friends like you guys that I could chat with. I'm the nerd in the group, so listening to this feels like I do. Thanks for all the funny moments. And he signs it, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Dave's got mad Dave. vibes, man. He's got the mad vibes. He's got man. the mad vibes, yo. That's cool. I'm glad we can bring him some peace and tranquility dealing with that that profession. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that's yeah, that's the one job I would not want. And then you know, because you can get exposed to it, and and all the people coming in, Christ. Yeah, I finally got a face mask. I want to thank Brooke Doherty for sending me one. Thank you. She sent me an Avengers one. Yeah, her face masks are pretty awesome. I think she's selling them on Etsy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, look up her uh, look up her uh, Etsy page. That way we can kind of plug that or something. Yeah, I will do that. <laughs> we're, we're so prepared. <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, we probably need to return the ten bucks for that plug. Let's see here. Next one comes from uh, Anarchy K Hearts. And it's titled Three Exclamation Point Podcast. And it's got, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got three exclamation points there. It's a five star. Previous one was a five star if I hadn't mentioned that as well. Been listening to PCL for a while now and love every episode along with uh, insightful analysis of big name movies and TV shows. Hosts Brian and Jake include rare gems that may otherwise slip under a person's radar. Honestly, the best part of the podcast is the irreverent chemistry between the hosts and guests, especially when the conversation devolves into random and hilariously vulgar banter. It seems the more Brian hates an episode, the harder I laugh. The guests are always entertaining, especially Rebecca. Of course, Rebecca and and Neil. Uh, thanks, thanks for the much-needed entertainment every week and keep up the awesome work three exclamation points right there at the end i like that that's nice i don't know though those exclamation points seem kind of sarcastic because of the review and what we said the week before. i know like, it I totally it totally being... ties into that but on the flip side they did follow the correct exclamation point guidelines jake it's true. It's true. I almost expect double, though, it, just to make sure you're not being sarcastic with the title of this review. <laughs> is, your, is, is your beard rubbing up against the the thing? I'm Maybe. hearing the I'm hearing the noises. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if you were. I don't know. Trimming some shrubs outside or fucking podcasting. I don't know what's going on. My beard is probably not straight down with wearing the mask so much. It's made it a little bit crazy. So. Oh, yeah. Wearing that mask. Yeah. That, so that you got to wear that mask. They're forcing you to wear the mask? Yes, I have yeah. to wear the mask the entire time I am working. Yeah, I got to do it at the, I got to do it when I work at the uh, healthcare place myself now. So that's, that was something new that they did. It feels weird for me wearing it. I just wear it a couple hours a night. Feels odd. I wore it out to the grocery store for the first time the other day. I just felt weird not doing it. Everybody's doing it now. So I was like, fuck, here we go. Just like when you go into like, uh, you know what I mean? When you're in like the, uh, uh, elevator and everybody faces the same way. Yes. It's, I, yeah, it's the same thing. Like everybody's doing this fucking face mask thing. So now I got to do it. I just feel left out if I'm not doing it. You can't be the one guy standing out. I get that. I know. Like who's this brazen asshole with his fucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, at first, <laughs> why is his immunity system got to be so good? Well, and it's not even that. It's like, what is? It, what if this fucking asshole might have it? Now he's just fucking walking around with reckless abandon. He might be giving COVID to everybody. Yeah, he don't care. He's got it. What's he care? <laughs> but then, I, but then, like, I, I'm in the grocery store the other day, and I hear like this mom yelling at her kids, and she's like. Stop licking your arms and touching everything. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this grocery store? What the fuck? And like, uh, if, you yeah. go, if you're going to rear your children, I don't know. Or uh, what, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Discipline. Yeah, discipline your kids in the store. You don't have to make a fucking public announcement like that. Try to do it tactfully. You know, just be like, hey, stop doing that. Don't do that. Instead of like basically just coming out and saying, stop licking your body and touching everything. <laughs> like, I don't know what's yeah. fucking worse. I think that would be embarrassing to both parties, like the child and the mom. I know. Well, yeah, I agree. Try to have some tact. Try to do it discreetly. What the fuck? You Jesus. think that guy would kick down the kid's door too? Oh, God, those kids. <laughs> he, he would be booting those kids like back in the old <laughs> South Park days when they were kicking that little baby around. He's hunting them. Oh my god! Yeah, I got uh, one final iTunes review here. Jake was talking about iTunes reviews being sarcastic about punctuation. I think he spoke too soon. This one's titled "Hard on Punctuation." It's got like twelve punctuation exclamation points after that. And it's by Colin forty seven forty seven four, and it goes on to say. <laughs> I love punctuation, and hearing these guys get so excited about exclamation points is invigorating. <laughs> of course, this podcast is about pop culture, which they do a really good job with. But when they talk about all those exclamation points that they so very much love, ooh, boy, it gets me, gets my rocks off. Keep it up, guys. <laughs> is that a five star? It's a five star, yeah. Oh, this might be my favorite review of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think you spoke a little too soon when it came to the old sarcastic exclamation points review. If it wasn't for this guy's completely generic iTunes name, then this would be my favorite review of all time. Oh, did the Colin 47474 didn't do it for you? No, I heard someone else snicker too. It wasn't only me. Yeah, yeah, it was me. Wait, was that a real review, Brian? You didn't just make that up on the spot? Dude, I swear, this is, this is real shit. <laughs> I don't make up these iTunes reviews, man. This is some real fucking shit. This like this is what this is this is what our listeners give us, man, is feedback. You know what I mean? Like this is what this is what the show is. It's crazy, man. Like so every once in a while, like, you know, me and Jake will we'll get a review and it's a good one. It's like, hey, you guys, you know, you do the pop culture stuff, it's great. I think like you you know, you you guys do a great job, the chemistry's great, blah, blah, blah. And they give us a great review, and then me and Jake are like, Oh, that's boring. What a boring <laughs> review. And then and then and then we get this, which is basically like it, it's an inside joke for a previous episode that we just recorded. And Jake's fucking in love with this fucking review. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets knocked the whole star though for the uh it's a high taste it because of the username oh yeah yeah colin yeah work on your username there colin <laughs> it's all that's, the numbers all the numbers just destroy me 
But it was also like Brian's enunciation on the last four. It was like a surprise. <laughs> 47, 47, four. <laughs> yeah. It was like the Star Wars ship. It doesn't like stop coming on screen. It was just one more number each time. <laughs> like the beginning of Spaceballs. <laughs> this, uh, that's all the iTunes reviews, everybody. There you go. Knock them out. But it's not all, you know what? You're in for a treat. Literally, because I got my Danish licorice. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes in this tube. It looks like a, looks almost like one of those tubes that they put fucking, uh, one of the tennis balls in or some shit. Okay. Yeah, it looks like something out of Back to the Future. It's weird. (laughs) The second one. Is it clear like those tubes? Can you see the licorice? Yeah, I can see the licorice balls. They're licorice balls. They sent it to how me. How big? How big are they? Uh, trying to think. How big? I'm trying to compare it to something. I don't know. Maybe like a little, marble. Yeah, like maybe a little bit bigger than a marble. A little bit. I don't know. Milk duds are all different sizes. I can't really compare them to a milk. What dud. about what about like the lemon heads? Like the big lemon heads, the single lemon heads in a wrapper. I don't buy the size? big lemon heads. I don't mm-hmm. know how big a big. <laughs> what do you want? What do you, you want me to take a picture and then put like a banana next to it for reference? I mean, I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what you want from yes, me. Now I do. Yeah, I'm into this. All right, this comes from uh, Lacrids, Lacrids by Bouliot, it's, <laughs> and it's uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. I open up the the little box here. And it says Danish confectionery. Lacrids by Bouliot is the story of passionate craftsmanship for gourmet licorice. In 2007, we created exceptional Danish licorice, and today we continue our journey of creating surprising combinations and sensorial taste experiences with licorice as our core. The ambition has remained the same, to inspire people around the world and spread our love for this unique Nordic flavor. And so I am going to stick a little bit of that Nordic flavor in my fucking mouth, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Been dying to do this. Here we go. This is, I got the uh, strawberry and cream. It's got a little bit of a white chocolate around it, a strawberry cream white chocolate, and then licorice on the inside. So here you go. This is it. Oh, this is your first time eating this, huh? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not worth the wait. Um, Not worth thirty bucks for fucking ten ounces. It's 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 good. It's good. I, I I don't know, man. It's just like. I don't know if I really got like a full licorice experience. I mean, I think the the white chocolate tastes pretty damn good, but like the licorice kind of gets lost in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the whole point is the licorice. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to strip one of these fucking things and just dive into straight into the licorice and see how that works out for me. Yeah. yeah. That'll be an interesting job. Doing uh, like a licorice autopsy. Actually. <laughs> The aftertaste is not that great. 
Oh hmm. fuck! What? That's not a good sign for the uh, liquor autopsy. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna perform the liquor autopsy right now. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna bite into this fuck. I'm just gonna take a look inside. Hold on. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? It's black licorice. That's why I don't like it. Oh, uh, I love black licorice. Oh, but Jesus. what did you think? Well, what did you think it was? It's strawberry and cream. I thought they'd have fucking <laughs> strawberry licorice in this bitch. Mm, yeah, I, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, what part of that at all is strawberry cream? The fucking white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's fucking black licorice. Ugh. If anybody wants any free licorice, let me know. <laughs> I'm spitting it out into my hand as we speak. Uh, Jeez, this is quickly becoming my favorite podcast ever. No, if anybody wants to try any Danish licorice, let me know. I, I'll 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 farm it out one fucking piece at a time. People people like check their mail and there'll be like one piece of licorice in there. Yeah, some motherfucker selling this on eBay. Brian for PCL's licorice. <laughs> Starting bid two fifty. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> god. I, I gotta crack open a beer to get the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know it was black liquor. So I, I guess you gotta read stuff. God damn it! Take a break, drink half a beer real quick or something. That's that's gotta be terrible. I I know people that don't like black licorice, and that's not a mild flavor. Um, well, it, it didn't hit me because, like, at first I was getting like uh, the the sweet, uh, you know, strawberry cream white chocolate. And then all of a sudden, this aftertaste, I was like, I know this and I don't like it. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, yes, my, my, my suspicions were confirmed when I did my dissection and looked inside and saw that black licorice staring me in the fucking face. Like, haha, motherfucker, we gotcha. They I said there were two different kinds. Are they both black licorice? It's just strawberry and cream. It's the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. When's it? Oh, when's it expire? Yeah, that, that's gonna. I get, that date's gonna come and pass, and they're still gonna be in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of sad, real fast. Holy shit, what man! A story. This tells you who it was cooked by, man. Like this is Ooh. like legit gourmet fucking shit. Like this was cooked by a guy. Is his last name Johansson? No, it's not. <laughs> Made in Denmark. It, it was cooked by Eldon, and his, uh, I guess his number, his employee number is 295G. Thank you, Eldon. Wow. I mean, if you're Can not getting... just call him 295G? That's more personal. <laughs> Let's just call him 295G. Yeah. That sounds, it sounds like a fucking iTunes reviewer that Jake would piss and moan about his name. Eldon, Eldon 295G. I, I like this, I like this review, but 295G, what's that all about, huh? Yeah, can't you pick an original name, please? Yeah, what are you, what are you, what are you doing over there? Cooking, uh, cooking licorice on the side? What's going on? <laughs> I wonder if he inspects pants on the side. Remember getting those little, you know what I mean? Remember getting those? <laughs> I don't know. Do they do they do that anymore, Jake? Remember back in the fucking eighties and nineties when you buy a new pair of pants and you you pull out in the pocket and it would say "inspected by Gina" or something. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like, you know, the old Levi store. <laughs> get the fuck away. What are you doing fucking around with my pants, Gina? <laughs> Damn, Gina. How you doing? Is black licorice still getting you? Oh, man, the beer is helping. The beer is yeah. helping. Man, I don't know. Man, not a fan. Not a fan. Nah, not a fan. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just want to, I, god damn it. I'm going to have to, my, my fucking, my licorice craving has not been satiated. Hmm. You're going to have to get better licorice. I'm going to have to get, I'm going to, dude, the search continues. Or at least red licorice. I, yeah, I'm definitely going to be making sure it's red licorice. <laughs> At the end of the at the end of the day, you're probably gonna see me like passed out on the fucking floor with like just a bunch of little pieces of black licorice around me as I've eaten around. <laughs> I'm in I'm in diabetic shock from the fucking white chocolate that I've eaten. Ah, it's the black licorice core that pisses me off. Christ, do you think uh, two ninety five G's twin brother makes the red licorice and they got separated at birth? And they they work in the same factory and they don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's the case. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know where to go with that. Shy. You, you, I, you. <laughs> Great mission accomplished. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Let's the take licorice. No bueno. <laughs> let's take a quick break. I I do. I need to get this fucking licorice taste out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to brush my teeth and I'm going to take some fucking... Drink some orange juice. Yeah, drink some orange juice. Fucking, I don't know, I might drink my own urine, for crying out loud. <laughs> I, might pull, I might pull a Bear grills out here, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is for survival in a way. God damn it, survival is my fucking... <laughs> Taste buds. All right, we'll be back at a. We'll be back instantly for you. That's how that works. <laughs> All right. Hey, we are back. Jesus Christ, black licorice tastes like garbage. It's. I don't know. It's like. It's. It's like. It reminds me of like. Fucking like old people that like rhubarb pie or some shit. <laughs> Those are the people that like oh, black licorice. Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do not care for the rhubarb pie. Yeah, not a big fan. The rhubarb. There's like a surprise ninja black licorice attack on you too, so that's the worst. I, oh, I know. Yeah, it was like a ninja in my mouth, like, like <laughs> tro- Trojan horse, dressed up like a strawberry candy, but then sneaky on the inside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I got like a ninja in my mouth. Yeah, was <laughs> 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 Throwing black liquors, throwing stars in my fucking roof of my mouth there. Um, I, hey, Jake started writing a screenplay for a COVID-19 porno called COVID-69. <laughs> And that's got to exist already in it, in it, all the porn, six feet apart, social distancing. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It's a lot of jerking off on beds. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of washing hands and genitalia for 20 seconds at a time. <laughs> and now they can sing happy birthday because it's public domain. Which is great. That's great for my porno. 
<laughs> you like the realism? Be- well, before I would have to pay royalties. You know what I mean? <laughs> now I don't have to since Happy Birthday is now public domain. And it just makes my porno that much more authentic. I'm all about authenticity when it comes to my COVID-69 porno. <laughs> As well, you should be. It's like a time capsule of history. You don't want to fuck that shit up. Yeah, and the, they're taking lockdown very seriously because there's a lot of bondage going on. It's hard to tie yourself up. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's fucking move it to good pop, bad pop. How about that? <laughs> no, let's talk about this some more. COVID-69? COVID-69. So, like, when they're, like, masturbating, what happens when he's, like, when they're getting the cum shot? Do they, like, hold trials who can, like, shoot the furthest so they can, like, do the six-foot thing and still shoot at six feet? Or is well, that... Like crossing the COVID lines. That's crossing COVID lines, man. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you got to keep your calm in your six foot radius, man. Okay, no, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, and it was, I mean, if you got a squirter on set, that's going to cost. They're going to have to put up splash guards. It's going to be like a Gallagher yeah. show. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like those plastic dividers. <laughs> yeah, things can get pretty hot with those plastic barriers. You never know. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's. All right, that was fun. Let's move it to good pop, bad pop. <laughs> now, time for good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Quibi dropped. Everybody. Quibi dropped. Has everybody gotten a chance to at least download the app and maybe watch a couple things on Quibi? You know yeah, yeah, I've got Quibi. Probably watched about half a dozen shows. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about what I've watched, and then uh, if you guys have watched it, then you can jump in. And then at the end, I'll be interested in hearing if you guys watched anything different other than what I have watched. I started watching Flipped. Has anybody mm-hmm. watched Flipped? I watched the yeah. first episode. Yeah. No. I'm, yeah, I watched this. Yeah, I'm. Th- I've, I'm all. I'm caught up. I think I'm through seven episodes. Is what they have out. This is the uh, Will Forte, Caitlin Olson show. It's a chronically underemployed couple, Jan and Yan uh, and Cricket. Excuse me, Yan and Cricket Melfi, who are self-proclaimed home renovation experts, are more than confident they are television's next great home design celebrity duo. And uh, it's a comedy, of course. Uh, also stars Eva Longoria, Arturo Castro, and Andy Garcia makes an appearance in the most recent episode that I've seen. But uh, yeah, they start uh, wanting to do uh, what is it? it uh, what's his name? The uh, Jerry? O- is it Jerry O'Connell? Is that who it is? Jerry Connolly? Yeah. Is that who it is? Jerry, o- Jerry it's, it's a Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, they start doing their own home renovation show, and G- uh, Jan and Cricket think that they can do it better. And so the network that uh, they're on, the, the fan, the, what is it? Je- what's his name? Jerry Connell? O'Connell? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. 
having a hard time with him. Jerry, the network. Joe from Joe's apartment, right? Joe from Joe's apartment. He was uh, the kid from uh, Stand by Me. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So they uh, the network holds this contest where like you can like uh, you know film your own home renovation show, and then if they like it, then you get your own show. So they go out to this property out in the desert, and they start to renovate this, to record and renovate their record, uh, record their renovation. And as, uh, Jan, played by Will Forte, is knocking down a wall, they find a fuck ton of cash behind the wall. Come to find out, it's from a drug cartel. And so now the drug cartel wants to kill them, and I don't know, hilarity ensues. I think it's a great fucking show. I'm seven episodes in, and in the show, they're <laughs> renovating one of the drug cartel members' homes <laughs> in order to keep their lives. So I'm, I'm th- I think it's actually pretty hilarious. I think they're a great duo, Will Forte and Caitlin Olsen. Um, what do you think, Shy? Yeah, I also uh, really love this uh, show. I really love uh, Caitlin Olsen, of course, and uh, Will Forte. I only got a chance to watch the, the first one. Uh, but so far, it's super, super funny. And, uh, yeah, Caitlin also is just fucking outrageous. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to continue watching this. Yeah, I'm at a Tupperware with this one. Uh, where, where are you at, Neil? Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm gonna high taste it. Uh, I only, again, I only saw the first episode as well. And I, I really enjoyed the chemistry between, uh, Will Forte and Caitlin Olson. And I'm gonna keep watching it when I get back to it. Yeah. Is everybody having a hard time watching? I don't know. Is is it okay? Are you guys having an okay time watching this on your phone? I would much rather be watching this stuff on my TV. Same here. Yeah, I think it's kind of weird that they're not offering any kind of streaming from phone to TV or an app for your Rokus and Apple TVs and smart TVs. But they seem determined as of now to have this be a phone-only app. I, I do like how they have it set up where it's kind of you can flip it uh, horizontally or vertically and it's pretty seamless. Yeah, it's very quick. I, I think it's the quickest I've ever seen something go from landscape mode to uh, portrait mode like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also the camera, like it pans over to the person talking when you have it in portrait mode, which I thought was really cool. But like this, this, this was originally developed for like when you're on the commute or like have a spare five minutes, but now with the quarantine, I feel like it's kind of like shifting um, what the purpose of this app was. And we're all like complaining about how we can't see it on the big screen. Whereas where it was ever meant to be just seen on your smartphone, you know, when you have a quick five minutes here and there. So it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to develop and if they're ever going to open it up to the big screen. I think they're going to have to, I think eventually Mm. it'll, they'll have like a Roku app or something. Yeah, they were getting a lot of criticism about it when they first launched those first 48 hours, and they responded and pretty much, as of now, seem pretty determined to never allow that. Yeah, we'll see how that works out if the company's not doing so well. Yeah, why wouldn't you? It can be both things, right? It can be that quick, on-the-go, bite-sized TV, and you like it so much that you want to show other people at home or you want to see it on the big screen too. Like I, I don't really understand what they gain by not allowing the smart TV apps. Yeah. They're, it's kind of weird. Like, and they, they're doing the whole Spielberg show, which is like a horror thing, I guess. And like, you can only watch it at night that when, when that drops, you can only watch it when it's dark outside. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I also watched the new punk. I watched the first episode I thought it was terrible. 
<laughs> I watched the first minute and a half of this and then stopped it. So. <laughs> Who's is this? Is this? Is it Chance the Rapper, the host? Yeah. And then yeah, I, yeah, it's not him. He's pretty charismatic too. Like he's hosted SNL and been good before. I just I didn't like the production and the and just the editing and the presentation. It was just I just didn't give a shit. Like I was like, well, I'm never gonna watch this again. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. I I'll give it a low taste. It I was not a fan at all. So, um, yeah, and they like what what was the one that I watched? It was like. They had somebody dressed up as a gorilla, and he got out of the cage. It's like ooh, and scared somebody. And some some artist I'd never Riveting. even heard of. I, like I've never like these. It's like YouTube stars and these music artists I've never even fucking heard of. I don't know. Uh, Gone Mental with Lior. Have you guys watched this one? Mm-mm. No. I got no. Kind of love this one. Mentalist Lior Sukard teams with celebrities and guides them through mind-blowing mental stunts. So he's a mentalist and kind of like um Dan Brown. Dan Brown. Yeah. And you know, he's got celebrities on and and he'll do things and just blow their minds. He had an episode with Kate Hudson where, you know, it was her and her brother and he'd have them both, you know, um think of a word and then it'd be it end up being the same word. And then he'd have, you know, he'd, he, her book was there and he was like, you know, pick any sentence in the book and point to it. And I'll try to, I'll try to guess what it is. And like he read it verbatim. And, you know, another episode he had Ben Stiller on and, um, you know, it's, uh, he, he was just, I don't know, just blowing people's minds. He had an NFL football player on and he basically made him think that he could not lift anything heavy. And so this big NFL football player is trying to lift Lior, who's not like a big guy in comparison. And he just can't, he's struggling trying to lift him, can't lift him. Um, he had, uh, I'm trying to think if he had any other big name people on. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think it's, I think it's, oh, he had, he did a WWE superstars one and he had the Miz on. And he told the Miz, he's like, I want you to go and pick any seat in the arena. And the Miz is just like, he's like, he's, he's a skeptic. He's like, does not believe that this guy, you know, can do what he does. So he's very skeptical. So he like teases him with different chairs, finally picks a chair. And then there's an envelope behind that chair. He pulls out the envelope and he's like, I want you to think of any other, uh, you know, WWE superstar. He's like, how many are there? Probably hundreds. And he's like, yeah, there's hundreds. And he's like, think of one that you're going to fucking do a promo for and think about what you're going to say in that promo about this person. So he picked this person, ended up opening the envelope. It's a picture of that WWE superstar. And then the Miz in his promo says, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that you would never guess I was going to say. Or something like that. That was like his promo. That, like, I'm going to say something unpredictable that nobody will guess what I'm going to say. And that was like his promo, what he was saying. And then all of a sudden, he fucking pulls out his phone. Lior pulls out his phone and plays a video of that WWE superstar saying what The Miz just said. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I hadn't seen that show on there. I see Zoe Deschanel is on an episode as well. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Deschanel was on the last episode that I watched. And that, uh, and then, Oh, the Ben Stiller one? He's like, he's like, I hear you're a big fan of Star Trek. Like, you know, pick a Star Trek, any Star Trek character. And Ben Stiller says, Sulu. And then Lior pulls a figure out of his pocket and it's Spock. 
And he's like, ah, oh, well, I guess we'll stop the recording. I guess we'll have to do this over again and we'll fix it. And then all of a sudden, fucking George Takei comes walking out. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's, That's awesome. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know. This guy kind of blows my mind. It's called Gone, Gone Mental with Lior. And I think it's each episode's like six, seven minutes. It's a real quick watch and it's a lot of fun. And it kind of like just blows your mind what he can do. I, I watched the first two episodes of Most Dangerous Game. Uh, desperate to take care of his pregnant wife before a terminal illness can take his life, Dodge Maynard accepts an offer to participate in a deadly game where he soon discovers that he's not the hunter but the prey um, based on a novel, based on a, another movie that was made. It, this one stars Liam Hemsworth and Christoph Waltz. And I'm just through two episodes and it's it's fine, but I, I just don't, I, I don't feel like this kind of a show is cut out to be on Quibi. It just doesn't, it's just not working for me. It's fine. I think, yeah. I, I, have you started this one, Neil? Yeah, I saw the first episode and I don't think I'm going to continue watching it because it, I don't, it doesn't feel like it's working for yeah. me already. Yeah. This is just one of those that just doesn't feel like it's working on this format. Six, I was impressed by the production value, but yeah. it, again, yeah, it just it's it's too short of a of a segment of time to to spend with these characters in order to actually get to know them or care about them. Yeah, yeah, this was weird. I watched the first episode too, and like the main character's name is what was it? Dodge. Dodge. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, and it's it's like you can't tell if it's trying to be really serious or really kind of cheeky, and it doesn't really ride the line either way. Like it, it's. I thought this wasn't that great. I thought it was funny Liam Hemsworth is in yet again like a Hunger Games story too. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. Oh, that's weird. I watched um Murder House Flip, the first episode, and basically it's these people redecorating homes that real murders took place in. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. So they'll talk about the murder and like the first house that they're doing is really a small house with a really small yard. But the woman that lived there previously, she would bring in like homeless people that didn't have anywhere else to go. And then they would sign over their social security checks to her. She would collect on those and then she would just like kill them when they were in their beds. And then she'd bury them in the yard. Huh. Wow. Yeah, and so now they're now they're redoing her home, remodeling her home, so, <laughs> her old home with a new couple there. So okay. it's it's just weird. So I would just watch the first episode. So I don't know if I'm sold on it or not, but I don't know if I'll get back to it. My I think my favorite show right now has been um, when the streetlights go on. I watched that. I'm through like episode six on this one. Uh, when the lights go on, when the, yeah, when the street lights go on is set after the murder of a beautiful young girl rocks a suburban community and the victim's sister and her high school peers must struggle to find a sense of normalcy while coming of age in the midst of the murder investigation. Stars Queen Latifah. She plays a detective, uh, chosen Jacobs. Um, he was Mike. Hanlon in It, uh, Sophie Thatcher, Sam Strike, Ben Ehlers, Julia Sarah Stone, uh, Mark Duplass is in the first episode. Tony Hale comes in two episodes. He plays a teacher. Uh, I really, really 
really love this show. I, I think it's fantastic. So like in the first episode, you've got these two girls that are, they're, they're sisters and very different. One is like the, uh, the popular outgoing one. And the other one is kind of like the introverted, you know, girl who like doesn't really socialize at all. Um, doesn't do the whole school socializing thing. Doesn't go to dances, just completely different. And they don't get along at all. Um, the popular sister goes out saying she's going to meet a boy to go study, gets into the car, and she's there with a man, and it's Mark Duplass who plays Mr. Carpenter, who's a teacher at the school, and they're having a relationship. Next thing you know, mysterious hooded figure gets into the backseat of their car, points a gun at them, and tells them to drive. Drives them out into the woods, tells them to get out of the car, puts the headlights on them and then tells them to kiss, tells them to like start rubbing each other or whatever. And then just shoots them in the head, murders them. And like, that's, that's the first episode. And then from there, it's basically like how the school is handling these murders. You have chosen Jacobs who plays Charlie and he's kind of like, one of the school's investigative reporters for their newspaper, and he starts writing about the murders. Um, there's other people that they bring into the story that they think are suspects. Could it be her ex-boyfriend? Could it be uh, this other person um, played, uh, what's his name? Uh, his last name, I can't remember what his character's name was. But um, I'm I'm six episodes in on this one, and I am absolutely loving this one. I think this, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, and I think I like it so much because I've just let, I, this is one I just watched today. And so like I could watch, you know, six, seven episodes back to back to back to back to back and just let them keep going and playing. So I don't know how I would, you got a bigger bite of it than just a little eight minute thing. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel if it was just, I was watching it like eight minutes a day. But I, I just kind of sat down and did like a, you know, a 40 minute block of this show and really enjoyed it. If this was on Netflix and all collected, I probably would have watched the entire thing. Now, is every episode of, cause I just watched the first episode of this and is every episode available already? No, 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 no. I don't believe so. I mean, they've been dropping new episodes have been dropping daily. Like for flipped, they dropped like the first three episodes, I think the first day and then the next day they drop episode four. And I think that that's how most of these shows have shows have been mm-hmm. is they've okay. been dropping the new episode daily. I just looked it up and, and this show specifically is every Monday through Friday, every weekday. Okay. So five episodes a week of this show gotcha. it actually says on the info page on the Quibi app. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. But I'm, this is right now. This is my favorite show that they have on the service when the streetlights go on. I think it's, I think it's great. I, I don't know after the first episode, you know, what your thoughts are, Jake, but you know, sticking with it, I've really enjoyed it. What do you, what did you think about it? I thought of the three shows that I watched that were kind of dramas, um, most dangerous game survive. And this, this, this was easily my favorite. And honestly, the only one of those three I could see continuing further. Like it, with it kind of being in the nineties, it kind of had that, uh, son of Sam type of feel to it with the murder mystery going on. And I was mm-hmm. very curious what they were going to do next. Like I, you know, the first episode did seem kind of 
a one and done, and I really had no clue like what characters we would be following after that. So yeah, you, you say it's really good afterwards. I should I should keep watching it. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I, I'm I'm loving it as far as like all this stuff. And I watched the first episode of that Survive. I didn't take any notes on it. The Sophie Turner one. Yeah, I didn't care for it really at all. No. It was it was like a little bit of a. 13 reasons why clone it felt like in in, in some ways yeah i it's not the type of show that i need that i want to enjoy i started that one and i was like okay i'll watch the second episode of it but i'm gonna watch the first episode of when this when the streetlights go on and then i was just like you know what i'm just not gonna go back to survive i really don't care this is this show is just so much better i'm gonna stick with this one did you watch um i think my favorite show on here was memory hole did you see this Uh -uh. This uh uh-uh yeah this is a Will Arnett hosted show where he talks about something from the past that wasn't insanely popular that you might have forgotten like now and today. And the first episode is about the Super Bowl shuffle, but everyone remembers that. The, what he talks about is all the different sports teams, like ripoff version of the Super Bowl shuffle that they did. <laughs> and it was just absolutely hysterical. Like, I, I barely remembered some of this, and a lot of it I'm sure I've never seen. And I just thought the presentation of this show was really fun. It's like a real late 80s variety show type of presentation with the way they have the almost looks like Dennis Miller live on HBO, the way he has like the clips show up on, on his little screen next to him. And yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. There's about four or five episodes available. I did just watch the first one. I just, I think it was on Wednesday watched about seven or eight shows, but only watched the first episode. Yeah. I watched this one too. And I, I watched, there's actually seven episodes available and I watched all of them. Um, and they're all really, really funny. And um, there's some like guest appearances by, uh, like Pat Oswalt does a guest appearance. Um, Jason Bateman does a guest appearance. So it, it's a really, really fun show. And it's every episode's about like, uh, a pop culture moment that was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's perfect for Will Arnett to just kind of rip on this stuff a little bit. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I did see it advertised, and I clicked follow on it, I believe, but it just never popped back up in my list for some reason. Hmm. Where it, yeah, it was a really good one. Huh. I watched Run This City, too. Did you guys check that out? No. Oh. I actually thought that was pretty fun. It's about the youngest mayor in Massachusetts. He's oh, like yeah. 23 years old. Yeah, I saw okay. that advertised, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. The first episode kind of just is a sizzle reel of what you can ex- expect from the next episodes where you find out that he's this really charismatic kid. It was a big upset, him becoming mayor. And then he gets into a bunch of like really bad things once that happens. There's an indictment against him. It seems like he has some issues with some women and some drama there. And so it just looked like. A really interesting documentary. I, I really like the presentation of this a lot. I think this could really work really well in like five to eight minute burst. Hmm. Yeah, I might check that one out. Did anybody else watch anything else other than what we've mentioned on the service? Uh, I've been um, meaning to check out the Screet by uh, Offset, but I didn't get a chance to check that out yet. So one of the guys from Migos. No idea. No clue. <laughs> no clue. No clue, dude. I'm. I, I have no idea. Neil, what were you gonna say? 
Oh, I, I've uh, watched a couple of the news programs, which are kind of nice to just get like an eight eight minute section of of like the BBC does the world news one. There's an NBC one, so it's just like headlines basically. It's it's a nice way to kind of keep caught up on what's going on. Hmm. Cool. So that's Quibi. Cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm getting 90 days for free, and I signed mm-hmm. up for the. I signed up for the ad free one. Cause like, why the fuck not? Even if I cancel, I'm going to go ad free for the next 90 days. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I did not because I know how I can forget about these type of things. And the next thing I know, I'll be subscribed to it. And I didn't want to be. So yeah, I just did. I'm not going to fucking watch ads. What, what are the ads on it? What are the ads? They're not so bad. Um, they're like five seconds long, if even, and they just happen right at the beginning of you watching a show. Huh? Okay. They are very quick and seamless. Like I, I wouldn't pay two bucks more to get rid of them. I don't know. Is this uh, is this something that you're going to stick with? As of right now, I've got to say, I don't know if I would stick with this. I think no. I could- there's really no must see TV on here as of yet. <laughs> like there's no breakout hit. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. There's some fun stuff. There's some funny stuff, but. I mean, if you took this away from me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't miss it. Same. I feel like the context is lacking, though, because like all of us kind of complained that we didn't get to watch on a big screen, and I also didn't really enjoy watching on my smartphone. But I feel like if I was in a train or on public transport, I would enjoy it a lot more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but it's like you can go. I mean, people can go to like Reddit and watch videos, and people can go to TikTok and watch videos. Yeah. People can go to YouTube and watch videos. It's like, do I really want to pay? To is there anything really worth on this service as of yet that I feel mm-hmm. like is worthy of me paying eight bucks a month for without ads, or even five bucks a month with ads? As of right now, I have to say no. I don't feel like there's anything on the service. Like they don't have like that big show like Breaking Bad or like Game of Thrones or something like that where I feel like I have to have this service because there are people that literally only had an HBO subscription because they're watching Game of Thrones. And I don't think like Mm -hmm. this has anything of that caliber at all yet. Um, It doesn't even feel like it has a flagship show. No, Not only is the quality not there, but I, I really couldn't tell you what their flagship show is perceived to be. Mm. So yeah, big man. Interesting, but they really need to bring the content. I think in the next three months for me to want to keep subscribing. Yeah, yeah, Same. yeah. Yeah, they better bring some better stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and I haven't started any of like the game shows yet, so we'll see what those are like. Like singled out, and then they have the one show called Game Show where it's spelled gay. <laughs> so it's like. They have a couple hosts that are that are gay, and so like I don't know. Well, I'll check those out and see if, how a six to ten minute game show works. <laughs> yeah, singled out in eight minutes seems pretty hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> I watched um, moving on from Quibi, so I'm not like a huge fan, but I didn't hate it, and I think there's a you know there's a couple decent shows on there, but like nothing that's just blowing me away, and I. I don't think it's worth the price yet. Yet. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, 
I started Tales from the Loop on Amazon Prime. This is an eight episode series. I don't know if they're going to have multiple series past this. Uh, found out Matt Reeves, you know, uh, the Planet of the Apes director and who's most recently been working on, uh, the Batman as an executive producer on this. Uh, it's inspired by the wondrous paintings of Simon Stalinhag. Uh, Tales from the Loop explores the mind-bending adventures of the people who live above the loop, a machine built to unlock and explore the mysteries of the universe, making things previously relegated to science fiction possible. Uh, there was also a two, uh, 2017 tabletop RPG game based on this. And did any of you get a chance to watch this one, Shy? Did you get a chance? I did. I watched the first episode. Yeah, Neil, did you get a chance to see any of this? I did not. Jake, I did not. I watched the first two episodes of this. It's a it's a weird concept, shy. Like you've got mm. people in this town, and they and they work their jobs. Whether they're you know you've got people who are farmers, postal workers, they work at restaurants, whatever. But some people work at the Loop, and at the Loop, you find out like there's this mysterious orb that makes these weird strange things possible in this town and the people in the town are it's not like they're used to everything that's going on they just know that weird strange things can happen in this town they make reference to this robot they talk about you know why you know nobody knows why the robots are there but there's robots in the town um and you can actually see this one robot walking around the forest or just popping up in different scenes and sometimes they don't even bring attention to the robot it's the robot's just kind of there um in the first episode a young girl's home kind of just up and vanishes and her mother's gone. She can't find her mom and she meets this young boy who helps her look for her mother, but she can't find her mother. And there's this kind of big twist at the end of this one. And it all, everything revolves around the loop. And I think like with the loop, um, I think some of it has to do with like time, you know, because it's like, you know, things are are in a loop like i don't know if you've heard the term mobius loop and things like that but i i enjoyed the first episode quite a bit i would give it a high taste it but i'll talk about the second episode in a moment what do you think about the first episode shy mm-hmm. uh yeah i i did not enjoy the show um it was a toss-up for me to be honest um i felt like it dragged on a lot um I didn't understand like 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 thirty percent of the episode was like in slow motion. Like I didn't really need that. Um, and I think my favorite thing about this first episode was uh, the soundtrack, which was had one of my favorite composers, Philip Glass, but he was only featured on the first episode. Uh, but I really didn't understand um, much about this show, and I didn't feel very invested in the characters as much as it wanted me to be invested i was i felt like it was just the first episode and they were putting like a lot of pressure on like caring about these characters you just met and um yeah i did not really i I felt like it dragged on a lot i i'm fascinated by this show i just think it's there's just each episode what's what's weird about this show is it's the same town in each episode and again i'm only in two but strange things can happen and 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 it's it feels like it's an anthology show but a lot of the same characters are in each episode 
So different what? things can happen. Just like when you're playing a tabletop RPG game, different things can happen and pop up. And in the second episode, you've got these two boys that are friends. And one of the boys is one of the sons from the older son from the first episode of that mother that you meet in the, in the first episode. And mm. he's got a friend who's popular. who's cool. He's like, physically gifted at sports and then the other one is the the son of that woman and he's like he's not a physical guy but he's a talented artist and he's super intelligent but even though that they're completely different these two are friends and one day when they're walking out in the woods they come across like this big metallic orb that has like this circular door on it and the one kid gets in one of the kids gets inside of it and then kind of like disappears in the darkness in it. And the next thing you know, all you see is the other boy on the ground outside staring up at the sky. And you find out that they've switched bodies. Whatever this orb is, is it gives it, it's, they've now switched bodies. And this story for me was just, absolutely insane uh it was i had a lot of anxiety watching this one because of the things that were happening in this they agreed to switch lives for a day and just trust me i thought this i thought this one got really crazy um as it progressed and sometimes it's like i guess like the moral of this one was like you know sometimes when you think your life kind of sucks it's not as bad as you really think it is and maybe the person that you thought had everything really doesn't so i was i really enjoyed it i i enjoyed it i think and it makes me want to watch multiple episodes going like what else is going on in this town what else is this loop this 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 place where people work, like what else is going on there? What else can go on in this town? What other weird things have happened in this town? So I'm, I, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by this show. I think it's, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Nice man. It sounds like the second episode was a lot better than I like the first one to be quite honest with you. So maybe I just don't, uh, maybe I like shit shy. I don't know. (laughs) I just like stupid shit. I guess I thought, I thought the first one, (laughs) I thought, I thought the first one was fascinating. It was a, just, a, they kind of throw you into this world. You never kind of like know what's gonna happen. Um, it plays with, it plays with time and things that happen in time, in, in, a, in my opinion, in ways that other, uh, shows or movies don't kind of tackle. Sometimes in like, you know, like you'll have Doc Brown saying like, you know, you don't want to break break the space time continuum. Like this breaks all the laws. Like this show breaks all those laws. Like you know, um, yeah, coming in contact with yourself in a different time. Like it, this show doesn't give a fuck. It just it explores all these things. And I I don't know. I I, I kind of find it fascinating. I'm kind of digging it. So it might not be for everyone though. No, I agree that the concept was super cool. Like it was a, a huge twist at the end when, yeah, when whatever and when it fucks with the time and everything. I just thought the delivery wasn't on point. It just felt like it dragged on along. I feel like the episode shouldn't have been an hour long. I feel like it could have been delivered in like 40 minutes. Yeah. There were just parts of it that were just a little bit too lengthy and I'm just like, okay, like move on, like a little bit eye roll. 
Um, I did like the concept. Um, I thought it was cool what they introduced, um, you know, with the daughter and the mother. Um, I just thought the delivery wasn't there. And not enough, at least, for me to be like, oh, I'm dying for the second episode. Yeah. I didn't realize it was an anthology series, though. It's. It, I, I can't say that it is. I'm using that term loosely because okay. I'm using the term loosely because everything takes place in the same town with the same characters they're just throwing in different weird things that can happen in this town. And I feel like we're getting a story from each character in this town of like how the loop has affected them. Like in the first mm. episode, it was like, we got the story of the mother in the second episode. We got the story of the son. I'm waiting for an episode where they talk about like the grandfather who actually works at the loop. Like what's he encountering? You know, like there is explanations as to like what, that robot is in the show. So it's like right. things are like, they're slowly opening up this world. I, I'd say anthology, but I use that loosely. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm digging it. I, I, I think I'm going to get back to this one. I think this is one that I'll get back to. I, I give the second episode of Tupperware. So, um, yeah, it's called Tales from the Loop, and it's on Amazon. And I don't think I'm the only – I don't think that you're the only one that's not liking this. I think there's other people that are not into it. Um, the music kind of reminded me of uh, HBO's The Leftovers. Dude, oh, my God. Me too. During I, – I even went to look it up. I'm like, are you serious? I don't think so. But it really – it was very Leftovers. Wasn't like. it? But then I recognized the sound from Philip Glass. Um, but yeah, uh, it was very leftover. Like I totally agree with that. I watched Code Eight on Netflix today. Anybody get a chance to see this one? Mm-mm. I watched it. In a world where people with special abilities are living in poverty, Connor Reed is a powerful young man who is struggling to pay for his ailing mother's medical treatment. Their money. He joins a lucrative criminal world led by Garrett who works for a drug lord. And so this one star it's directed by Jeff Chan. He's best known for doing this movie here. And then also before this, he did a 20, uh, 2016 short film of the same name. So they basically just uh, made a full uh, feature uh, w- with this concept. Um, Robbie Amell plays Connor Reed. Stephen Amell is Garrett. Uh, Sung Kang plays Park. And then Carrie Matchett plays Mary Reed. Um, the the it's kind of like this movie it's 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 introducing you to a world where people with uh superpowers have have kind of like been in the world for maybe i don't know maybe maybe a hundred years maybe maybe less that people have been introduced with like superpower super abilities and the movie starts off and it's got like these old audio recordings of people that are super powered they're telling people that are super powered to register their powers so they can help you know help build the city with their abilities so it's like if you've got if you've got superpowers register now you know and then and then, <laughs> and then you can get a you know then you can help build the city they want they want these people with these abilities to help um build these skyscrapers and buildings and, and things like that. Cause like you actually get to see in this movie, people working construction with these super abilities and like a guy will like move, you know, like tools or, or supplies with his telekinetic powers. Another guy has like superhuman strength and can lift stuff. It's, you know, so they, 
back in the day, they, they, the people with the super abilities, they'd, they'd hire them to, to help build the city and they would work side by side with regular people. And then as we've invented, you know, automation like robots and things like that, the super powered humans weren't needed. And so now they're pouring out of work and, and, and the ones that haven't registered their abilities for whatever reason are even having a, a harder time surviving. Um, and then now the, on top of this, they, there's this drug that's hit the streets called psych that is being made from the spinal fluid from the super powered humans. And, um, I, I'll, I'll get into my thoughts here in a second, but, um, what did you think about this one, Shy? Uh, yeah. Um, so I, well, I, like the way you described it now, um, also like when I first looked at that synopsis, I was like, mm, I'm not super sure about this. But once I started watching it, I thought the concept was super cool. Like how, um, the powers were integrated into society that they were used like as a utility with their super strength and telekinesis to help build uh, society. And then also I thought the drug aspect of it was cool um, because they were obviously like um, don't like not donating it, but getting it from their spinal fluid. And they were like, are these traffickers or victims? Um, all in all, I thought the concept was super strong at the beginning, um, but it, I don't think it fully delivered um, at the end. Uh, but I thought that the, the environment we were in um, and the characters were super strong. Um, it was it was actually a really cool movie. It wasn't what I expected it to be. So I'm going to give this one a taste it. Yeah, I like this one probably a little bit more than you. I'm going to give it a high taste it. I, I thought Robbie Amell was really good in this one mm. um i it's it's you've, you've got a world here where like this guy is you know he, his mom's working this shit job he's working a shit job and they're treating these people with the superhuman powers like they'll wait out in front of like you know a building and somebody will come by and pick them up to do a job like a construction job they're treating them like illegals like you know the, the what's happening in our country and so he's not making a ton of money and his mom is sick and she's dying. So he starts doing, he starts working with Stephen Amell's character as Garrett and they start, you know, they start robbing banks and stuff like that to make more money. And, um, just he's a, what do they call him? A, like a level five, stage five electrician. And so he's got like powers of electricity and he can, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of like a, uh, this movie was way better than I thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a Netflix film. It was way better yeah. than I thought it was going to be. I was actually pleasantly surprised with how good this one was. Um, because I was like, oh my God, I might just be wasting, you know, an hour and a half watching this movie. And I, I thought it was way better than it should have been. Um, the, yeah. They introduce totally like agree. they introduce other people with other powers, telekinetic powers. There's like a healer in this one, and that brings like a whole new dimension, a whole new layer into this as well. I I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, I found out in December of last year a short form spinoff series starring Robbie and Stephen Amell, written by Chris Pear and directed by Jeff Chan, was announced in development at Quibi. So a spinoff show oh. essentially oh. is what's going to come out of this is what it sounds like a spinoff 
of this movie is going to be a Quibi show. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So just thought I'd throw that out there. And and this movie was also based on a short, right? Yeah, it was based on a short film. So it's a movie based on a short, which is now being shortened again. Made into a TV show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it all comes full circle. How, how many times can we recycle this one, boys? <laughs> They're just going to show it's shorts too. It's Quibi. There's going to be tiny little episodes, so from beginning to end. That was the joke, Jake. You got it, man. <laughs> um, uh, Brian, one of my one of my issues with this movie was like it couldn't pick what it wanted to be. Yeah, like it started yeah. out really cool, like um, with the like the mutants integrating into society, kind of taking like this District Nine vibe where. Like, you know, these powers have kind of integrated into society and they're being treated as legals. And then the relationship between Steven and uh, Amel and his brother forms. And then it becomes like this, like this guy, like teaching him, like the ways of being a superhero or a powered person. Uh-huh. And then it moves into being a heist movie um, where they're trying to pull off this heist. So, like, while I enjoyed that, I felt like it was like inconsistent in what it was trying to be and so that kind of also threw me off well and then they introduced psych and they don't do enough with that drug in the movie yeah to be quite honest. Yeah. i think like this was just basically to set up the whole world so they can get this series off the ground to be quite honest with you I, you know what i mean yeah. I, that's what it makes me i feel like at the end especially at the end of the movie you know they're talking about all the work that still needs to get done i'm thinking like that's the stuff that they're going to tackle in the series but if you're just watching it as a movie yeah it leaves it doesn't it doesn't you know fill in everything especially the psych like that was really interesting there's a scene where they like break down a door and you see like a bunch of these mutants like these superhumans superpowered people like all kind of like tied up and they've they're they're basically draining their spinal fluid and they're they're dead i mean they're dead after they drain them they just drain their spinal fluid and leave them there for dead and it looked like you know like a scene that you'd see in like seven or some shit you know every time you bust down a door in that movie seven so you're gonna see some fucked up shit that kevin spacey left behind you know what i mean Jesus Christ. Super gross. Yeah, every time. What, you mean from the movie or just one of his Hollywood weekends? Uh, either or. <laughs> either or. Yeah. Hey, but, but Brian, what, then, okay, if, if these people who were delivering their, um, you know, their, their spinal fluid, what, how come they got labeled then as victims or traffickers if they were dead afterwards? Because if they're being labeled as traffickers by the police, then I don't think they were dying. They were doing it, like, voluntarily or involuntarily, right? I don't know, man. They were, like, all tied up, though, weren't they? No, I think they were just, like, just like you know, in the Matrix well, when they fuck. just, like, they plug maybe. it into the neck and then they tap out. They're, like, yeah. unconscious. Maybe the, yeah, maybe they're doing this for, like, cash, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. they were doing it for money. Like, they were selling their spinal fluid for money because that's all they were good for. And then that also, like, led into, like, the illegal work because nobody wanted to work with them. So this was, like, a last resort yeah, so for them just, to get money. It's like they're just donating plasma. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. except yeah. it gets you super high, apparently, and feels great, according to that yeah, woman but in the they first never, clip. I would have – I thought – I don't know. I guess they could, uh, they could have done this thing where – and I, they, it's been done before where, like – you're the one like you do the 
you do like the superhuman spinal fluid and then you have superpowers for a limited time. You know what I mean? But then, yeah. it, then it makes you go crazy. So maybe not, yeah, yeah. maybe not get into that <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah. But I, let's I'll talk about, we'll talk about one more movie here real quick. But boy, Neil, let's talk about fucking butt boy. Yes. Oh, God. I'm so excited. Uh, the embargo's been lifted on Butt Boy. We can talk about it now. Chip Gutchell. Is it Gutchell? Sure. Sure. Chip Gutchell, a bored married IT engineer, has a reawakening after a routine prostate exam. What starts as a harmless rectal kink soon grows into a dangerous addiction as he becomes responsible for a missing child. Chip eventually buries his desires in Alcoholics Anonymous and tries to move on with his life. Years later, he becomes the sponsor of Russell Fox, newly sober detective. After Chip relapses, Russell is brought in to investigate another missing child at Chip's office. Russell begins to suspect that Chip's addiction may not be to alcohol, but something much more sinister. It's up to Russell now to prove that Chip is responsible for the child's disappearance. But who's going to believe his wild theory? And this uh, this stars Angela Jones as Dr. Mo- uh, Maureen. Uh, it stars three Tylers. They cast three <laughs> actors all named Tyler. Tyler Kornack as Chip, Tyler Rice as Detective Russell Fox, and Tyler Dryden as Marty Gutchell. And this movie is actually directed by Tyler, uh, Tyler Kornack. Um, yeah, Neil, you took detailed notes on this one. I'm going to let you open it up. What do you, what'd you think about Butt Boy? <laughs> oh man. Uh, this movie was fucking bonkers. Um, it, it, it reminded me like of a trauma film in a lot of ways. Cause there's tons of gore and it's just kind of off beat. Like you don't really know what the fuck is going on. But you're in it, and you're 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 along for the ride. Um, the first third of the movie, I was gonna toss it, but then when the uh, like the twist kind of happened, it got way more compelling for me. Um, <laughs> I will say that the, at the beginning of the movie, every time there was a zoom in on an object, it, it, I got really really scared for that object. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> like the dog. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that the uh, the cinematography and the direction was better than the story or the acting um, in general. And um, I did think the ending was very very satisfying. It, it worked for me. Um, I, I love the hot sauce holster as the Chekhov's gun of, of it. And I, you know, I fucking hated the first third but after that i i tupperware it so i'm gonna go for a high tasted overall i think it's a really weird but entertaining movie that i would recommend people watch just to experience it like i did it was insane i will agree with you that people need to watch this to experience it for the uh, experience it for themselves but i on the flip side I did not like this movie at all. Really? No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did not like it. It's just <laughs> the weirdest concept. Nothing makes sense. Um, I just did not care for it. I did not care for it. I didn't care for the the end. I, 
I didn't care. I, I didn't care for the characters. I, I think that's like part of it. It just wasn't fun for me, Neil. Like I didn't think it was huh. fun. Like, you know, I was, I guess I was going into this one, like thinking I was going to see something like Velocipaster, where it's just wild and wacky. Cause like, it's a, it's a wild concept, you know, it's a weird concept and it just wasn't, it, I don't know. I just, it was fucking disturbing. I'll just, mm-hmm. can, let me just, throw, here's a little bit of a spoiler alert. All right. This guy sticks things up his ass. That the the missing girl is up his ass. Everything that's going missing is up his ass. Like he's got things in his ass. Like yeah, there's like a scene where like he's got a dude. He's got this. He's got like this weird cavernous butt where things can you, you could just. It's like the TARDIS. It's 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 bigger on the inside. It's like he's got a TARDIS. He's got a TARDASS is what he's got. It's like the Doctor Who TARDIS, but it's his ass. And- Do you see inside of it? Yes. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like the Statue of Liberty in there and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Oh my god! He's got so the Ark of the Covenant. That. He's got the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones in there. That's that, that that whole warehouse scene that you see in Indiana Jones. That, yeah. that takes place in this guy's ass. I, I this was a bizarre, bizarre movie, and I I loved it. Like it, it was just so ridiculous and awful that I I, I could not stop watching it. I mean, it was. I know. Incredible. I get it, man. Dude, I get it. I'm, I'm not one of those people to say like there's no value in this movie at all. I just didn't. I I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I just I just thought it was weird, super weird. And at the end of the day, <laughs> it just was not the movie for me. But on the flip side, I can see somebody watching this and just like this being like a cult classic one day. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, like one of my favorite movies is uh, uh, Skullhead Face by Guar, and that's about the same level of production and acting that this has. And it's got a lot of very similar elements to that. And I, I, I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you got, watch this one to find out for yourself. Watch, watch butt boy. <laughs> it needs to be seen to be believed. It has to be seen to be believed. It really does. It's insane. Oh my gosh. It's so weird, man. <laughs> I love the, the way he sucks things into his ass, like through and on. It's amazing. There's <laughs> like, a, he like has superpowers. He does. He's got a superpower in his butt. Like there's a scene where like a guy's trying to get away from him, and he's got like his ass <laughs> bent over, and it's like, Bwah! and it's trying to <laughs> suck the guy into his butt. It's like a tornado. Yeah. The blah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and he gets so much satisfaction out of the first time he shoves something in there. And it's like, like you know, like, oh, where's the remote? Oh, it's up his ass. That's where the fucking remote is. That's why he keeps losing remotes. He shoved that remote up his fucking ass. Just like <laughs> spatulas are up there. He's got like who knows what's all up in that butt, dude. He's got so many random objects up his ass. Dude, there's a fucking scene where he's got like there's people fucking sitting around talking to each other in his ass, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Sounds like, like James and the Giant Peach, except an anus. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It is a weird... It is wild. <laughs> My quote for this would be, it's a weird-ass movie. It, <laughs> wow. My first, my first note was, what even is this? <laughs> I had no idea what the fuck was happening. I know. Oh, oh my God. What kind of, like, fever dream brought on this project? Like, like, like somebody had to fucking, like... I don't know. Done some ayahuasca <laughs> down in South America, and uh, let's make butt boy. Oh my god! Mm. <laughs> this movie was so insane. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I know. I I'm not going to tell people not to watch it, and I don't think that it is a waste of your time. I think it has to be seen to be believed, and then you need to make up your own make up your own mind. I was not a yeah, fan. Probably. But I think, like, I don't think that this movie is is without, like, any value at all. I think that you have to – I think you have to watch Butt Boy to get the Butt Boy experience and figure it out for yourself if Butt Boy is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. Let's take a quick yeah. break and we'll come back with more Good Pop, Bad Pop. Awesome. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying holy shit that freckled face fucker was right anyway the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link what that means is when you click on the link from their website it helps the show it doesn't charge you extra at all you just shop like you regularly would and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Alright, we're back. Yeah, we, I know. I know. Um, if any, buying this licorice, if anything, it's proven to me that I'm just an impulse buyer. <laughs> just a, bad for you that you didn't even really get what you actually wanted. I know. I just I I, I assumed I didn't read it. I just oh strawberry and cream. That's the flavors. I didn't know it would be black licorice. I should have read the fine print. And you just waited forever for it. it was excitement too. Yeah, like three weeks, and then I try it, and it's just like it tastes like something that came out of Butt Boy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Does Bubba have a working shower inside of his butt? No, there's no plumbing. We're <laughs> <laughs> in the plumbing. <laughs> Might be a chocolate river, Jake, some days, but <laughs> are there chairs? Yeah, unless he sh he hasn't shoved any chairs up there. It'd be nice if he shoved a nice recliner up there. But everything everything so is just like 
all the people that are in there, they're all just shit stained. And it's just disgusting, dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, ridiculous. Uh, Neil, what do you got for good pop, bad pop before we jump into the other stuff? Yeah, um, so I watched a movie on Amazon Prime that just dropped either Friday or Thursday. It's called Limerence. It's called what? Uh, Limerence. Yeah, you sound like you're talking from Butt Boy's ass. (laughs) Uh, Really? Yeah, you sound like you're talking through Butt Boy's anus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not. (laughs) It's It's better now. Go for it. Okay. Okay, good. Um, it's called Limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. And it's actually, it means uh, it's a state of mind which results from a romantic attraction to another person and typically includes obsessive thoughts and fantasies and a desire to form or, ma- or maintain a relationship with the object of love and have one's feelings reciprocated. Um, the movie is about a free-spirited aspiring painter moves to Venice, California, where she falls for a charismatic gallery director and learns that commitment is a choice, love is not. Um, it's written and directed by Tammy Minoff, who is also the star of the movie, along with Matthew Del Negro. Um, it was it was it came out in 2017, but it just dropped as I said a couple days ago. Um, the only reason I found this movie was because my cousin was the director of photography on it, and so she mentioned that she had done this. It's it's like an offbeat rom com, so it's not something I would seek out on my own because um, I don't really generally like rom coms, <laughs> but. I did think that the performances were really naturalistic. Um, there are some really, really funny moments in it. And the cinematography is, is, is in my cousin's style, and she's really, really good with a camera. Um, it's a, basically an examination of, like, love and loss and longing and heartbreak. Um, so if you do like rom-coms, this is probably a good one to check out for you. For me personally, it's it's a strong tasted. It's it's got some good, really good stuff in there, but it's not something I care about that much. So it's just it's a strong tasted for me. Huh? Yeah, I've never heard it. But if you like rom coms, I go for it. I like certain rom coms. Rom coms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. This is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say check it out. It's it's definitely not like a standard rom com. Um, it's it's a little more realistic, I would I would say, and it's it's definitely got some really funny characters and, and parts in it that I found very enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. So what was it called? It was called Limerick. Limerence. There's actually a joke about that in the movie. It's called. It's called, it's called black licorice. <laughs> my dad, my, my when we were talking about it with my parents last night, my dad was like, "That's a stupid fucking name." <laughs> like, I can't argue with that, Dad. Limerence. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's weird. It's a fun little movie. I mean, you know, everybody's got so much fucking time right now. Why not? Check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. It's free. Jake, what do you got? 
Um, I got my hands on the Final Fantasy VII remake for about five hours yesterday, and just wanted to talk about that really briefly. Um, you guys have played Final Fantasy VII, the original, right? Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of that game, I think you should definitely check this out, or at the very least, the free demo that they give you on PlayStation Four. Um, this was just a marvel to see. I've kind of been a bit of a naysayer on this whole thing. I just, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of it not being turn-based combat anymore and then kind of using the engine from the last Kingdom Hearts game and Final Fantasy XV. And I kind of turned my nose up at that at first, but the presentation here has just really won me over. And the combat system is very different than those games. It's not just a carbon clone of them at all. It's, It's a very nice and deep combat system. And man, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy VII, there are so many like warm, fuzzy feelings here. It's just remarkable to see the city of Midgar like fully realized before all the shit goes down there, and all the explosions, and all the energy sucking, and just everything. Like it's just crazy. Like you see things that were still images in the original PlayStation game as just like fully realized places in this city, um, like the playground where you see young cloud and young tifa in the original game just seeing that before the destruction and there's just so many nice little touches and nice little little nods to the original game uh the music is just fantastic it's mostly the original numatsu score but they've added different pieces for the different expansions that the game has and what they've done here is it only goes up into you getting out of midgar there's not the rest of the game here. It's just that much so far. But that in itself has just been way more fully realized. I, I know a lot of people are making the comparison to like kind of the Hobbit, like they're hobbitizing it and just stretching it out. But after seeing it just for five hours, I, I think that's not a great comparison. They've really done a lot with the extra fluff and they've like fully realized all the different avalanche characters like Biggs and Wedge and Jesse. And when the drama like ratchets up, it really like feels just so much more impactful, even when it did back in the original game. I, I'm really blown away by this. I'm liking it way more than I expected to. And I just can't wait to sink my teeth in it. I'm, I'm going to be angry, though, at the end when it's, well, I don't get the next part for five, six years. Because, I mean, they announced this thing. I feel like it's been over five years ago that they announced this game was coming out. And we are finally here. But yeah, I, I think if you love the original, you definitely need to check this fucking thing out. The battle is not that bad. And in many ways, it does feel somewhat turn-based. You can attack things anytime you want. But once you build up your little time meter, you can actually just pause everything and cycle through your menu to you know use a potion, use some magic, use a limit break, use a summon. And when you're doing that, it doesn't give you anxiety because everything's still running around you it completely freezes the action so and i think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just a hundred percent real time running around just smashing the x button as fast as you can there's a lot of strategy and just pausing the action and deciding what to do next and just seeing all these classic boss battles realized as fully 3d run around the character battles it's just a sight to fucking see i I really hope they know what they're doing with sequels for this game. And it's not 20 years until we get the, the entire game, because man, if this is only getting out of Midgar, 
that feels like a fifth of what the original was, story-wise. So, I'm, and I hope they don't just jam it all into part two. Like, part two is the rest of the game, and we're just going to jam all the story into that. So, I, I'm very curious and very weary about how this is going to continue, but I'm absolutely loving what I'm seeing so far. It, it's just great. Uh, what are you going to rate it? I'm, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a high taste it for now, but I think it has the potential to be a Tupperware. If I actually sit here and for the next two weeks do nothing but beat this game, then I think it sucked me in and it deserves the Tupperware. But yeah, I, I really like it quite a lot. Like seeing clouds flashbacks and when his brain starts going crazy, like instead of just the screen flashing, like it did on PlayStation, you actually, you know, see him grab at his head as a fully realized person. It's all spoken dialogue too. There's no, just jamming through dialogue and read, 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 read. I mean, I know that's fine for storytelling too, but it's just really cool to see the characters actually talking for 95% of the game. Uh, Barrett cusses like you always knew he would. Like he's that rough and tough guy. That's mm-hmm. the member of this, you know, yeah. terrorist group. And he drops fucking swear words and shit. So I, it just, wow. It's really is an updated classic game. And man, I, I think, Anyone out there that, like, is just mad that it's not the original with better graphics, like, I, I don't know. I think you should still check this out. I think you will be pleasantly surprised at how fun this is. And you just have to think of it as a different game. It is truly a remake. It is not the same game. Hmm. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, that was the only, I think that's the only game I've ever bought on both the PlayStation and I had it on PC as well. Oh yeah, I remember being jealous of the PC version because I think it had like one more materia or one more summon. That's I, I I can't remember if that's why I bought it. I just love the game so much, and I think I just bought my PC and I was like, oh, let's let's try it out on this. I want to play it on this. Yeah, honestly, Brian, if you want to borrow this thing in a, in a few weeks after I finish it, you're more than welcome. Like. If you love that game, you you just have to fucking see this thing. It's a marvel to see, and there's no way it won't give you goosebumps. Oh, I love seven. I love seven. Seven brought me back to Final Fantasy. You know, it's just fucking crazy. Aerith pins the flower on you, and your your character actually has the flower pinned on him for the next you know hour of the game. And That's awesome. Just all the little crazy touches, like they. A lot of times you're just stopping and looking around at fully 3D realized rooms that you only used to know as still static images on your screen. Nice. I've been watching uh, the new seasons of Angry Video Game Nerd. I, I didn't watch. <laughs> oh, what's you been covering? <laughs> I didn't watch like season 12 or 13. And so I started watching those. Oh, I can't remember because I started watching them and then I started going back and watching old episodes. So. <laughs> you don't know what's new and what's the shit I you're could, catching up on. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Like I started going back and watching old episodes. I started, I watched the old Cheetah Man, <laughs> Cheetah Man episode, which is <laughs> ridiculous. The Dragon Slayer episode. And it's not the arcade Dragon Slayer. It's the Nintendo Entertainment System. Dragon Slayer video game that was terrible. It. So yeah, um, let's talk about a movie that I was just like, I don't know. It's like one of those things where like now that the theaters aren't open, like I'll go to the store, you know, to pick up other things, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna buy this random ass movie, and I bought a movie called Come to Daddy with Elijah Wood. 
Uh, it's directed by Ant Timpson. He was a producer on Turbo Kid and Deathgasm. And the movie is a, it's a comedy thriller. It's about Norval Greenwood, played by Elijah Wood, a privileged musician who lives with his mother in a Beverly Hills mansion, receives a letter from his estranged father asking him to come in and visit him. Norval, who has not seen his father since he was five years old, makes the trek to a secluded cabin overlooking a lake in Oregon. His father, Brian, is initially welcoming to him, but soon begins to display aggressive tendencies and taunt and insult Norval, even threatening him with physical violence. All this comes to a head one afternoon when Brian attacks Norval with a meat cleaver, but in the ensuing struggle, Brian has a heart attack and immediately dies. Uh, who else got a chance to see this one? I did. I watched this. Yeah, not me. Um, I okay. I'm just gonna come out and say it like this for me was a pleasant surprise. I fucking mm-hmm. I fucking loved this movie. I I thought it was just bizarre and it was fucking. So you got the okay. The the dad dies. The coroner comes out and she says that she'll take the body away, but she's going to have to bring the body back because there was a <laughs> there was a flood where they store the bodies and that he'll have to have the body at the house until the funeral. And so then Norval starts hearing noises around the house. So like, is he starting to go mad? What's going on here? And I don't want to spoil this one, but I will say that like, it's truly fucking bizarre. It's super violent and, and bloody and it's a fucking Tupperware, in my opinion. It's also super funny in a lot of spots. There's a character in the movie that's being tortured, and he explains that his tormentors were <laughs> starving him, but he had the choice of eating his own ear or his own cum, and he chooses to eat his ear, and then he gets into an argument with Norval who says he should have eaten his own cum because it has more protein. <laughs> no, but it was the torturer's cum because the torturer's then he's, cum. yeah, he said it was yellow. Oh, it was the torturer's <laughs> cum. Yeah, it was either his own ear or the torturer's cum. Well, he should have, yeah, like it's a, the Norval argues with him that he should have <laughs> ate the cum because <laughs> it has more protein. This movie was wild. It was unexpected and and I absolutely loved it. I, I, I will watch this again. I thought that this was was great. I want to know your thoughts, Shy. What'd you think? Um, yeah. So this movie like starts out very like uh, just normal, like any other movie starts out. I thought Elijah Wood's character was like this perfect caricature of this L.A. hipster with the haircut and the mustache and his fucking. Um, how, how far into spoiler territory am I going into? Here? If you're going to throw a spoiler out there, just give a spoiler warning. Yeah, let's do spoiler warning. Is that okay? Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, or we could do it. No, no, forget. I won't do it with the spoiler. Anyway, so like Elijah, Elijah Wood's character is like like the super caricature hipster comes to his house and then like he meets this person who's his father. Um, and it just all starts going downhill from there. And what I loved about this movie was that it was so fucking unpredictable 
Like, I did not know what was waiting at the next corner, which I fucking loved because not many movies do that these days. Um, I thought the editing was on point, the way it cut um, between the scenes um, where it was insinuating violence and not. Um, there were a lot of twists and turns, um, and it was very gruesome at points and very brutal and bloody. There's a character uh, that gets their fucking nuts scrotum repeatedly <laughs> stabbed. Oh the hunchback? <laughs> I don't, was that guy and, the hunchback? Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Okay. And I, I thought, like... I thought the best part was this, that he is coming down for this weekend, and this weekend turns out to be, like, nothing he could ever imagine in his entire being. I thought this was a fucking Tupperware. It was such a surprise. I didn't even know what to expect, and what I got delivered was just so phenomenal. It's so good. I can't believe that this movie, like, I just, like, I was walking through the store and I saw the Blu-ray and it said, had Elijah Wood on the front and it said, come to daddy. And I'm like, okay, I didn't even read the synopsis. I'm just like, I'm buying it. I'm watching it. (laughs) And I fucking loved it. Neil, what did you think? Yeah, this uh, movie started off one way and then the twist moment happened and I had no idea what was happening for the rest of the movie. And it was great. I love when I'm surprised by a story um, because it doesn't happen often enough. Um, Elijah Wood is is so good at at these really like quirky, offbeat, just weird characters. I mean, I think it has something to do with his giant kind eyes. Uh, His raisin eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that cop was fucking hilarious. That cop was so funny. There's a short, short little part, but it's so good. It was so amazing. There's a cop that meets him after the the death of his father and is trying to figure out, like, maybe if, like, he was responsible for the death. And he says, he's like, no, you have kind eyes. You don't have... You don't have raisin eyes. eyes. (laughs) And he goes on to explain what raisin eyes are. Uh, Yeah, I thought... Also, I really appreciated the uh, use of sound in in the movie. Um, Like the creaky house, the the wind whistling around, the banging. I thought that was all really, really well done. And it really set the mood for for the movie. Um, I'm going to Tupperware it as well. I, I, I had a great fucking time watching this. The, the motel guy with the titty holic thing just cracked me up too. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great fucking movie. I loved it. It's a great fucking movie. Uh, the origin of the movie came when the director, Ant Timpson's father, passed away. His father's partner thought it was best to bring him home after embalmment as a way to spend time with the grieving family, which which the week was spent with the corpse in an open coffin. Then people that he didn't know came to pay their respects to his father, sharing stories of a man that does not seem like his father. So he was hearing stories about his father, and it just didn't seem like the same man that he knew as his dad. It's just crazy. Also, I want to throw out in this movie... If you're a big fan of the documentary that was just released on Netflix, Tiger King, count how many tigers pop up in this movie. There, so many. 
Did you guys notice that? There's like this yeah. weird thing about tigers in the movie, and I don't know what it's about. I would love to, you know, talk to the director about like what that was all about because like, there's like tiger Easter eggs in this thing. There's a, there's a stuffed tiger. There's this tiger themed burger joint and then other tigers like Blanket. just what's that? The blanket, the tiger stripe blanket. Yeah, 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 the tiger stripe blanket. There's like all the, this tiger stuff that pops up in the film and it's like, what is the meaning behind that? I didn't, I didn't understand it, but it was fun just kind of like noticing all this tiger shit pop up throughout <laughs> the movie. I fucking loved it. It's called Come to Daddy and I think you can, I think it's available on video on demand, I think for like $5.99 and I highly recommend this one if you want to rent it. So, um, yeah, Tupperware the fuck out of Come to Daddy with Elijah Wood. I've been watching Cursed Films on Shudder. Uh, Cursed Films is a five-part documentary series which explores the myths and legends behind some of Hollywood's notoriously cursed horror film productions. And um, I've watched the first two episodes. There are going to be five in all in this first season. And uh, the first two episodes, the first episode was The Exorcist. And the second episode was The Omen. Uh, third episode is Poltergeist. I'll get into the fourth and fifth one here in a second. I've got screeners for those, but I just did not watch them. Um, they haven't been released yet. But um, the first one was The Exorcist, and it's it's fucking wild. Like, all the things that happen on the sets of these horror movies, and, like, they're trying to, like, kind of, like, associate it to, like, you know, does, is there some evil element that does not want these movies to get made? And come to find out, like, in, in The Exorcist, there's an actor, no, he's not an actor, he was actually, like, he actually worked in a hospital. There's a scene where, you know, I think Linda Blair's character's in the hospital, and, and, um, I haven't seen the, God, I haven't seen The Exorcist in maybe a decade, but, um, I think the last time I watched it was like that, that last director's cut that they had that had additional scenes in it. But um, there was a guy, he was actually, he worked in a hospital and they, and for like authenticity, they hired people that worked in a hospital for these scenes. And this guy's name was Paul Bateson and he was in this movie and come to find out later on in life, he murdered a reporter that worked for Variety. So there's a murder, a real murder in the movie. Wow. Kind of blew me away. Um, little things that we don't know. There, there, there were reported set, uh, fires on the set. Um, there were people that were seeing this movie in the theater back in 1974 that were passing out in the theater. Like people were not, I guess people were not equipped to handle this kind of like movie back then. Like, I guess, you know what I mean? Like think about like all the stuff that we're exposed to now, but like this is the first time these people are being exposed to a movie that was just like this kind of like, um, gory and raunchy and, and, um, and, and they talk about Linda Blair being at, like, as a child, people in real life were treating her as if she was actually possessed by demons and how that affected her. Uh, they even have a guy on the, on the episode that is a self-proclaimed exorcist and he's performing these exorcisms on three different individuals within the episode. Uh, I thought the first episode really 
did a great job of focusing on the exorcist and then kind of like expounding upon it. So I Tupperware the first episode. The second episode is, uh, kind of a tasted. It's about the omen. And I think that they talk about everything, but the omen, to be quite honest with you, like they jump into a lot of different things as far as like, you know, demons and, and, uh, all this other stuff, but they really, I don't feel like they really focused on a lot of the things that happened in the movie. They do at the beginning and then at the end, um, two planes that were, um, that were, you know, carrying cast and crew were hit by lightning. And I just thought that that was wild that two planes that had cast and crew were hit by lightning. Gregory Peck, he missed, he started the movie, he missed a flight on one of those planes that as soon it took, as soon, uh, one of the planes that he was supposed to get on, as soon as it took flight, it hit a bunch of birds and then crashed into a car and six people died in this crash. Jesus. And I'm not kidding you. The car that he crashed into contained the wife and kids of the pilot piloting the plane. Jesus. What the fuck? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, I still think that this is, this is, these are, this is a really good show. Um, I learned a lot, you know, from that first episode, The Exorcist. I thought the, even the Omen episode is, is fascinating. I just wish that they would have spent a little bit more time, you know, actually talking about, you know, the actual movie itself, other than just other things that surround it. Um, the third episode is Poltergeist. And then the fourth episode is going to be The Crow. And then the fifth episode is The Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, and I know that would be a fascinating one. Oh yeah, there's a oh, there's a bunch of stuff that happened around that one. But they what what oh, service is this on? Shutter. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll give that first episode of Tupperware, the second episode of High Taste it. I'm looking forward to Poltergeist, and I can't wait to watch the Crow one. I've got the screener for it, so I'll probably watch it tomorrow. But that one comes out, I think, next week. Three episodes are out right now in the service. The the first three. But um, I think it's definitely worth wa- worth watching. It's called Cursed Films, and it's on Shudder. Uh, I'm going to talk about this next one real fucking quick. The Big Show Show. <laughs> Did you guys get a chance to watch any of this? Yes. I turned it off after five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put it on for about three minutes myself. I finished the first no. episode. I watched first two episode. episodes. How many episodes you watch? Yeah, like two, like, okay, well, like, literally, like, half an episode, because, like, I watched two, but it was very passive. Yeah, this is the the big show, The Wrestler, he's got his own fucking, it's like a Disney show, it's like one of those kids shows, it's like a ABC family show or something, you know, it... It's the when the big show's teenage daughter comes to live with him and his wife and the two uh, and two other daughters. He quickly becomes outnumbered and outsmarted. Despite being seven feet tall and weighing four hundred pounds, he is no longer the center of attention. Um, it's I think it's a good show for kids. I think he's not a good actor. Um, and <laughs> he wasn't even acting. There's no way. Yeah, acting. just reading lines. <laughs> just, just reading lines, man. I don't know. I'll give it. I'll give it a low taste. It. This is nothing that I'm gonna jump back on to watch. But I think it's fine for like a cute little family show, you know. So that's really all I have to say about the Big Show show. What do you guys think? Yeah, exactly the same. Just not my cup of tea. It's a cute novel idea, and I could see how it would have an audience, but. Yeah, not for me. 
Yeah, me either. I mean, this is taking two things that I care nothing about, which is wrestling and family sitcoms. <laughs> families. <laughs> wrestling and families. <laughs> Family sitcoms. Uh, family sitcoms. I, Neil, 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 Neil cares nothing about families in general. Yeah, so I got five minutes in, and I was like, this is not for me. Maybe somebody else will enjoy this, but I do not. So, I mean, I, I, personally, it's a toss-up. Yeah. Shy, Shy had two episodes. Did, did they just kind of, like, play in the background? Uh, yeah, dude. Like, I hardly paid <laughs> attention. It was, yeah, like, what? Like, why was their youngest daughter a klepto? Like, I don't know, man. This show was all over the place. Like, yeah, I can see why it would have appeal, but I'm, I'm okay with another sitcom of a suburban family with a laugh track. I'm okay. Yeah. Now let's move on. I saw. Yeah. The main event on Netflix. This movie looked like a cute, funny kids movie. It's about after discovering a magical mask, an 11-year-old aspiring wrestler enters a competition to become the next WWE superstar. It's directed by Jake Harris. He directed episodes of Superstore and Parks and Recreation. It stars Seth Carr, Tashina Arland. Uh, she's from Martin and Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, Adam Pally's in this. He's... Uh, uh, from Happy Endings, he was also in Iron Man 3. Uh, Ken Marino uh, was in this, and he's from uh, MTV's The State, Children's Hospital. So, I mean, I, I love Party that Down. Yeah, Party Down. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, Party Down. Um, I... Uh, I was... I, this is one of those where, like, you know, you got a young kid and he's in a, in a, in a man's you know, kind of sport, a man's entertainment sport. And, and he finds this magical mask. It gives him these, these super abilities. It changes his voice, his whole persona, how he can, you know, act and, and, and talk with people. He's able to give like these great wrestling promos and he's got super strength and agility. And, and, um, I, I thought this movie started off like a really good kids movie and I wanted it to kind of be like be the wrestling version of that movie. You ever seen Rookie of the Year? That movie where that I love that movie. I do too. That mm. kid, oh yeah, so good. Kid joins the Cubs. He's the pitcher for the Cubs. He like injures his arm, but like the way his arm heals itself, he it's like it's like a spring, and he's able to throw fastballs at like a hundred miles an hour. And the, you got this young kid who's now you know the the pitcher on the Cubs, and. I love that. It's a, it's a great kids movie. I think that this movie started off being a lot of fun and then it just got super silly and stupid with some of the wrestlers, like this one wrestler they had, they introduced called stink face and he's got like this whole butt boy power where he can fart and it like <laughs> blows the crowd away. Like you see like the crowds, you know, like, you know, you ever see like those videos of people when they go super fast, uh, and their cheeks are like, you know, like moving and shit. He farts on the yeah. crowd yeah, and like their cheeks are flapping and shit like that. I'm like, this is just getting stupid and ridiculous. I just wanted to see like, you know, uh, keep it, I guess, keep, 
keep it some like just have the magic be the mask. You don't have to have some wrestler with like this amazing super powered butthole that he's fighting that farts. Like that, I thought that that was dumb. Watch Butt Boy for that. Watch Butt Boy for that. I I don't know. I'm gonna give this one as a kids movie. I'll just give this one a taste it as as like me watching it as an adult man and having like enjoyment after this i'll give it a low taste it i felt like it started off pretty strong and then just kind of like went downhill from there i don't know did anybody else watch the main event no i i watched it um i agree with you brian like i thought it started out like it could be a fun movie but it was super tropey uh my favorite part was obviously Tahisha, the mother from uh, Everybody Hates Chris. She was great. Yeah. And then like this forced failed father-son relationship and like <laughs> for like half of the movie I didn't even realize that guy was the kid's dad. <laughs> Cuz I don't know, it was just so forced. It just didn't make any sense. Um and yeah, uh, yeah, the, the flatulence master wasn't a great wrestler. <laughs> yeah, there's other wrestlers that appear in this guy. Uh, Kofi Kingston, uh, The Miz, mm-hmm. and Sheamus are in this one, so I don't know. I, I, I was kind of let down by this one. I was actually like really looking forward to like a fun kids movie. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy good kids movies, you know? Like, I'll still go back and watch The Sandlot, and I'll still go back and like watch Rookie of the Year, and, um, uh, what was the, what was the, the last year there was the, the that kid what was it the kid who could be king that that kid it was like oh, a yeah. king arthur story that movie is a tupperware i thought it was fantastic it was a mm. lot of fun and a great kids movie i i want those kids movies to make me feel like make me feel like a kid again and like this just did not work i, I felt like they had a great concept here with this kid wearing like this you know what do they call this luchador mask jake is that what they call him yeah, yeah, Lucha Libre mask. Lucha Libre Lucha mask. mask. Yeah, he finds this mask and it's got these mis- these powers, and then they just kind of run in with it, and it just gets stupid. Where they introduce Stink Face, and he's farting all over the ring and shit. It's just <laughs> dumb. So yeah, there's such a wealth of actual wrestlers on their roster. Why would they make up a fart joke wrestler just for the sake of a fart joke? That that yeah. is fucking dumb. Yeah, I mean, you could, I'm sure they could have got like Jake the Snake in there. He recently did Peanut Butter Falcon. You could have had some other wrestlers in there and and had a lot of fun with this. And this just kind of, I don't know, this movie kind of shit the bed at the end, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. You, you have Big Show fucking do the fart joke if you have to have a fart joke, right? I leave the fart. The, it, it, he had a fart superpower. He was like fucking farting and like the crowds it's ridiculous man he's blowing back their hair and shit ridiculous how you ever gonna sell tickets to that show with that on the air i know uh let's talk about a movie that i watched i watched this one last night um i've been looking forward to it since i heard about it it's called we summon the darkness and set in the midwest against the backdrop involving a killing spree thought to be orchestrated by a satanic cult Three best friends embark on a road trip to a heavy metal show where they bond with three aspiring musicians and head off to one of the girls' country homes for an, apart, uh, for an after party. A night of fun and youthful debauchery takes a deadly turn as bodies begin to pile up with each side thinking the other hides the killer. It's directed by Mark Myers, who directed Human Capital, which is a movie I reviewed, uh, I believe, on episode 325. 
that movie starred Leif Shriver and Marissa Tomei. Uh, this movie stars uh, Alexandra Daddario. She's from the movie San Andreas with The Rock. Uh, and, and she was also in True Detective. Um, she's my choice for, um, the, she was my choice for the live action Jennifer Walters if we get that, you know, oh, yeah. that She-Hulk series. Um, we, Some of the Darkness also stars Kean Johnson, Maddie Hassan, Amy Forsyth, Logan Miller, Austin Swift, and Johnny Knoxville. And I want to know your guys' thoughts on this one. Uh, Neil, I'm going to start with you. What did you think about We Summon the Darkness? Talk about the movie a little bit and tell me what you thought. Yeah, um, I thought that it looked like the actors had a lot of fun making this movie. Um, I, I thought the story was, was super tight. Uh, the direction was really, really good. Um, the moments that like were strung together were, were really, really good. Um, there's a lot of humor, a lot of gore. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this. I'll give it a high tasted. I thought it was just a well-made movie that, I mean, I saw the twist coming a mile away, but I didn't care because it was just an enjoyable, uh, an enjoyable ride throughout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think, Shay? Uh, yeah, I agree, man. I really liked this movie a lot. Like, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, the twists were, yeah, sort of kind of predictable, but not really. Like, I didn't mind them at all. Um, it kept getting just like worse and worse which i really loved like for all the characters um my favorite character was val um the blonde which was uh by maddie maddie haddison i think is her name uh she was really wonderful in this and it just kept getting sicker and sicker i really liked it a lot actually it was surprisingly good what are you gonna rate it no, oh, I'm gonna give it a high taste. It. I'm I'm right there with you guys. I think this is a high taste. It. I I I think like it had elements of Kevin Smith's Red State mm-hmm. in there. You know, I mean, but um, with a little bit of uh, I don't. It takes place in 1988, which is fun. So it's it's fun to hear them talk about like different uh, you know concerts that they've gone to and and things mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of setup at the beginning with just like the girls meeting the guys. And uh, we start off with the girls and the girls are just driving around talking. And then this van drives by <laughs> them and throws throws this uh, chocolate milkshake at at their vehicle and and then they end up finding out that uh, they end up meeting the guys that threw the milkshake at them at this concert. And, uh, end up t- talking to them, having a few beers with them, and then, you know, invite these guys over to, um, the, the house, uh, where this girl lives for this after party. Neil, I also saw the twist and saw like, kind of like the connections, like, I kind of mm-hmm. figured that out kind of early, you know? But it didn't take away from anything. Um, no, not at all. Yeah. It was, it was, it was perfect. I mean, it, yeah. it was, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I know where this is. I kind of know where this is going, but I don't care because I, I like where it's going. <laughs> yeah, Johnny um, Knoxville keeps popping up, like on the t- yeah. on, on 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 the TV. He's like a he's like a TV you know evangelist that keeps popping yeah. up throughout like the the movie. There was there was some elements uh, at the beginning, especially of like Detroit Rock City. Yeah, that kind of yes. reminded me of. You know, it's like that. It's a similar era. It's a similar kind of character. 
that they're all playing. Um, yeah. Similar mm-hmm. relationships between them. You, know, you have your powerful ones and your and your nerdier ones. Uh, I I actually really identified with with Ivan. Um, I loved Ivan. Yeah, I loved like, Ivan. He's the bass player. I'm a bass player. He's a giant compared to his bandmates. I'm a giant compared to my bandmates. And so it really, like, his character kind of spoke to me a bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that uh, Alexandria Daddario looked like she was just having a fucking blast. Did, like, wasn't she character. able to fucking kind of, like, stretch your legs and actually do some like, oh, yeah. wild acting in this one? You know? I mean, yeah, yeah I think, like... Sure. It felt like it felt like these three girls. It felt like the dynamic that you would see in like you know if you're going back to another movie that came out in '88. I was thinking like they had the dynamic of like the girls in Heather's. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, or, or like um, uh, what's it with Perusa uh, Bulk and um, the witch movie? Uh, shit. Oh, the craft. The craft. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a similar mentality there too. Yeah. Oh. We Summon the Darkness, we're giving it a high taste, but I think that this is like, especially right now, where you can't go to the movie theaters, I think that this is a worthy movie for a rental, in my opinion. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, fuck yeah. I would rent it in a second. Yeah, Logan Miller's good in it, and I've seen him in a bunch of stuff recently, and I, I liked his character in this as well. Um, oh, and it's the one guy from Alita Battle Angel. I, uh, what's his name? I don't know. I don't remember. Who gives a fuck? I didn't right? like that movie. <laughs> um yeah so check out we summon the darkness uh yeah i dug it i, I think it's better than human capital which mark My- myers directed um and then i watched bruise brothers on netflix i watched the first two episodes it's a comedy did anybody else oh, get a first chance? episode yeah what'd you th- i watched the first two episodes as well yeah uh two rival brothers must work together to keep their brewery in business but shenanigans keep foaming up their company with chaos oh christ (laughs) Ah, it stars mike castle alan azenberg carmen flood marcus ray um steven uh ranazisi uh i think that's how you pronounce his fucking name he played kevin on the league makes an appearance on this show um i'll be honest with you like i feel like this show is trying to be funny and not landing i i think and and i think it's Honestly, I think it's the the actors that they have are just not good at comedic delivery. I mm. I don't know. I think like you could give this show to maybe some other comedians and they could make this show a little bit better. But I don't know. This show is just not doing it for me. I'm two episodes in and I think I'm done. I, I there's uh, the whole first episode. You know, they've got you know um, the guy from the league that played Kevin, he's playing like this beer distributor and mm-hmm. he's there to taste their beer. And he picks this one beer. The the brothers compete, make a different IPA and he drinks one IPA and he's like, I like this one. Come to find out he drank the beer that one of the brothers peed in. So he, now they've got to, now they've got to replicate this beer that he pissed in. And that's like the whole big joke of the first fucking episode. And I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a very low taste. It. This is just like, like it's trying to be like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia or something like that. And it's just failing the league. It's just failing miserably in my opinion. Like this show can go away. I, 
I'm not a fa- I'm I just not a fan of Blues Brothers and just the fact that it rhymes with Blues Brothers, which is a great movie, pisses me off. So <laughs> what Neil Bruce Brothers? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm not going to continue watching it after one episode. I'm going to toss it. I I didn't think that any of the actors had chemistry with each other. Um, I thought the writing was pretty blasé. Um, I didn't care about anybody in the show, and none of it wasn't funny. I didn't laugh once the entire episode. So yeah, toss it in the, in the fucking trash can for me. Yeah, what'd you think, Shy? Uh, yeah, I also watched two episodes. Um, I tried to give it a chance because it was by the same makers of the league, and I really liked the league. Um, I love the I league. Just, yeah, yeah, I fucking love the league, man. The league is great, and I feel like so they were good. trying to replicate those characters, like they were trying to replicate some sort of version of Taco with mm-hmm. Chewy. Two of the char- yeah, with Chewy. And I don't know, it just didn't work. And then they had this washed up brother who just shows up who's a know it all. I know that guy, I think that you. guy, that guy single handedly ruins the show. Exactly. Yeah, like, fucking you. eat a dick, man. Like, I didn't <laughs> like that guy at all. <laughs> he's terrible. Like, he, he's, he's almost like, it's almost like they're trying to rip off. Dennis from It's Always Sunny with that character. Yes, but like horribly. Horribly. Dennis was like its own – like Dennis was terrible in so many ways, but he was so terrible that you loved him. This guy is just a fucking douchebag. Yeah. Um, Like I don't know what (laughs) other word to describe him with. Um, proper word. Yeah, I think douchebag is a good one. (laughs) And – I'm going to try watching a few more episodes because like – with the first seasons of these new types of comedies, like I feel like the first season is always a learning ground. Like, you know, you look at the first season of Parks or The Office or How I Met Your Mother or whatever, they're like super not fleshed out and they're like testing the grounds and seeing what works. Um, so maybe season two of this will be good. Um, I don't know, but so far. Not great. Well, I tried. I mean, honestly, I tried. I was like, okay, the pilot episode was not good. I'm going to, but it's a pilot episode. They got to do a lot of setup and get that out of the way. And then they, then they can open this up. And then I watched the second episode and I was just like, this is still the same show. That's really terrible with terrible delivery and not funny moments. And I'm just like, this is just, I don't know. And I feel like there is a lot of funny shit that could be had in this like environment. It's just not there. So, and I, I think it all falls on like the main cast. Yeah, totally. I agree. They're just not good. I mean, it's, it's not well done. Yeah. I mean, the production value of the show itself is pretty good. Like the sets look good. Um, and, and like, I, I kind of am intrigued by the, uh, the, the, was it like a taco truck kind of place? But yeah, yeah. Not those, really? And those characters were probably the most interesting in the whole show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like the Rafi of the, of the show. Right, yeah. the Rafi, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rafi. Uh, final thing that I have to talk about is the movie uh, Vivarium, or Vivarium. I don't know how to pronounce it. Vivarium, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, sure. This is... Uh, 
a young couple is thinking about buying their starter home and, and uh and to this day they visit a real estate agency where they are received by a strange sales agent who accompanies them to a new mysterious peculiar housing development to show them a single family home there they get trapped in a surreal maze-like nightmare this one's directed by Lorcan Finnegan he directed Foxes and Without Name. These are two movies I've never seen. This stars Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. And they both starred together in The Art of Self-Defense and Solitary Man. So this is their third film together. And um, the title Vivarium is Latin for Place of Life. It also alludes to an area usually enclosed for keeping and raising animals or plants for observation or research. Often a portion of the ecosystem for a particular species is simulated on a smaller scale with controls for environmental conditions. So basically in this movie you have this couple, they go to this, they go to this, uh, this starter home in this, in the, and, and, and these homes are all like, it's weird. This whole neighborhood looks weird. Everything just looks bizarre. It, it, to me, I, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but like the houses, they, they all look the same. They're green. Uh, the lawns are green. Everything's cut the same and the clouds just all look the same in the sky. It just looks like a simulated world. It's like the Truman Show almost. Yeah. Yeah. And they get there. They have this, you know, uh, this sales agent, uh, you know, talking about the home and, and showing them the home. And then he just mysteriously disappears. They go to leave. And every time they turn to try to get out of, you know, this, this place, they can't. They're just brought back to the same, um, same building, which is the same home, which is number nine. And so they basically just end up living there. Then one day, you know, they're dropped off people every, every once in a while, there'll, there'll be a box there of food and they'll, they'll be able to, you know, put the food away and eat the food. And then one day a box shows up that has, a baby inside of it and in the box it says raise me and be released and so here you have this couple raising this baby now and in, in hopes of of being released from uh from this fucking nightmare that they're living in um shy did you get a chance to see this one yes i did neil i know you, you, did you see it neil yeah i did jake i don't know if you saw this one or not no, I did not. What'd you guys think of this one? I'll start with you, Neil. Um, well, one thing I noticed that was kind of funny was that there was like 30 different production companies yeah. uh, at the beginning of it. Um, and it was also ultimately released by Saban Films, which also released We Summon the Darkness and Come to Daddy, uh, which was kind of a weird thread. But this this... I mean, the, the opening image of the cuckoo bird of the cuckoo bird uh, is is the plot of the film. Um, it, it felt like a really really long Twilight Zone episode to me. Uh, it was like visually and stylistically, it was it was really well done, but there's no story attached to it. Um, I thought Imogen Poots was was great, and because she was basically the main character, and she had a lot of a lot of stuff to do. Whereas Jesse Eisenberg really didn't have much to do and didn't do anything. He was just kind of there. Um, and I, it was ultimately a pointless story. I'm going to give it a low taste. It it's it wasn't really interesting for me at all. There were some really interesting 
like visual stuff, but it was just strung together with this lack of plot that I didn't care for. What'd you low taste it? Low taste it. What do you think, Shy? Um, so I watched this the first time, and I I was a little bit like uh, perplexed by what I was seeing, and then I went online and read about it, and then I watched it again, and my ultimate rating now is I'm going to give it a top of the word because. This movie was so interesting in many ways. Um, the first time I saw it, I didn't really understand what Jesse Eisenberg's character was doing with all the digging, and I still don't. Um, but upon second viewing, I really loved this movie because it touched on so many themes about modern society, about you know this picture-perfect family living in the suburban life. And I think this is what Yonder was trying to express. And um, I thought it was a fucking awesome movie about being trapped into this cycle of this suburban life that everybody dreams of, but it's not really exactly what you want it to be. And you end up in this situation and it slowly kills you. And I think it had so much uh, imagery to uh, push that forward. Um, so for me, it was a Tupperware upon second viewing, not on the first one. On the first one, it wasn't a Tupperware. It was a high taste it or a taste it. Um, but I thought it was a phenomenal movie um, in the way it portrayed what it is to be uh, in this day and age, uh, to be a family, to want to move to the suburbs and purchase a house. It seems almost implausible because just everything is so far out of our reach. And I think they did a really, really phenomenal job of uh, displaying that. I I don't know. I'm so torn on this. I'm I am gonna give it a taste. It. It's bordering a high taste. It. I'm. I this movie is so. It is like a Twilight Zone episode, like a really long Twilight Zone episode. I felt like you've got like. First off, I'm talking about, like you raise this kid and be released. This kid is growing at a rapid rate and, and the kid is fucking just weird. It, like their day starts off with like this kid wanting to be fed and screaming at the top of his lungs and it does, and his voice doesn't even sound like a child's voice. It's this weird kind of like. It's a cuckoo bird. What, what's that? It's a cuckoo bird. It's a cuckoo bird? You know the beginning of the movie when they're the, the bird like uh, kicks the other eggs out of the nest, yeah. And then it like grows up. That's what a, a cuckoo bird does. Is it replaces a bird's um, offspring with its own and makes that bird raise the baby bird to be uh, as as it would its own. Yeah, yeah. And it replaces it. That's what the. I mean, that, that's for me. That's what the movie was. Right, right. I was just saying, like the kids. The kid's voice was just bizarre. It wasn't, it wasn't a child's voice. It was like this. No. Yeah, it wasn't. He was like imitating yeah. the parents. Every time they talked, he would imitate them in a very sarcastic way, wouldn't he? And then when he wanted fed in the morning, he would just scream at the top of his lungs until they would pour him his cereal and then he would stop. Like this was every day just driving them mad and basically putting a wedge between this couple too like this this child and to the point where like she is trying to like help 
she's like she's focused on taking care of the kid and like he just wants to throw the fucking kid in the car and lock the door and let the kid starve out and die and like as i'm watching this movie i'm like this is no regular kid that is not a kid that i don't know what they have fucking living with them but that is not a child and i am on jesse eisenberg's side here i would fucking toss that kid in the fucking car and just let him just let it ride and i know that sounds fucked up but i think i'm right i fucking think that it's just fucked up um so i don't this movie is just it is bizarre as shit it is crazy as shit it's weird but I liked it enough to give it a taste it and I think it's subjective to I think everybody should at least watch this one and and give it a fair shake and see if it's something that you like. A lot of like when he's digging and stuff in that yard it reminded me of like scenes from Beetlejuice. I don't know just the way the yards looked and the the homes looked it looked like kind of like the models that you would see on the on uh, Beetlejuice's on you know what I mean in the in the Beetlejuice movie. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the movie overall. I, I, but, and it is something I would probably watch again and maybe I would appreciate it a little bit more. Um, I liked it more than Neil, but I didn't, I don't quite like it as much as you shy. And maybe I, maybe I need to look up the same articles that you did, but, um, yeah. Did you not watch Did you read the interview on screen rant with, uh, with the directors? No. No, it was fucking great. Like, the directors explain exactly what they were trying to portray. And I feel like that article actually tur- turned me on to watching it again huh. and enjoying it much more the second time. Because the first time around, when I watched it, I was just like, okay, uh, they kind of ruined Jesse Eisenberg's character. He's just digging a hole. And this kid's fucking annoying. How is this any different from any other suburban life? Uh, but after I read like the in-depth, uh, analogy and what it was about and I watched it again, mm. I really, really enjoyed it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to do that, you know, watch it with a different perspective. Yeah. So that is all I have for good pop, bad pop, unless you guys have anything else. Um, t- tiger tail. I didn't watch Tiger Tail, man. Oh no, fuck! Did did you watch this one, Neil or Jake? Did you guys watch this one, Tiger Tail? Is this the no. bonus episode that they added? No. Uh, no, no, it's not a bonus episode. Well, Jake, in order to enjoy the bonus episode, <laughs> you still have to watch Tiger King. Have you watched Tiger King yet, Jake? <laughs> no, no, I think I'm out on the Tiger King. I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm right it's there crazy. with you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about that tiger business. You gotta watch the Tiger King. It's it's it's. Yeah. I watched episode one and I'm just like I'm okay. No, it's 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 a must watch, man. Like Tiger King. Really yeah, at the end of the day, when they when they talk about the year 2020, there are gonna be it's gonna be coronavirus and Tiger King right now. Those yeah. are the two things <laughs> yeah. right now. When when back in the day, uh, in the future, when they look back on 2020. The two things right now that they're going to be talking about this year are Tiger King and coronavirus. I promise you, this is the time. Oh, I don't yeah, for sure. That. So you're basically just you're 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 missing out on uh, on one of the big things of this year. So I feel like I already know it. What is it? Joe Exotic. He's a fucking fanatic, and then Carol Baskin is an alleged murderer, and a bunch of shit happens, and fuck off. 
I, I, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, and and and, and part of it's talking th- to Brittany Pete was amazing. Talking to Brittany Pete was amazing. If you haven't listened to that episode, that was great. I did listen to that, but I yeah, it's just one of those things that like I think part of it is just. It's the people. It's like I mm. like I, I I I it's just the bizarre people that you meet in this. Like these people exist. Yeah. There's a woman who got her goddamn arm bit off by a fucking tiger and it's hanging on and they're like they tell her that oh, you can have uh, a few surgeries and a couple years of rehabilitation and get your arm back. And she chooses just to have it. Trans, actually. She chooses to have it just amputated so she can get Ugh. back to work. Jesus. I, 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 I believe it's it's uh, they were misgendered in the show when it's a he. Oh, I. Well, thanks for pointing that out, Neil. <laughs> now I got that on my. Now I now I get not, not only now, Jesus Christ. Now I got that to worry about. <laughs> Fuck! Just saying, I read an article about it, so I wanted to make sure that this was out there. Why? Well, all right, uh, all right. Move, I'm done. I'm done talking about tiger. That just killed anything. That killed anything that I had to fucking say. That's also the, uh, that's also 2020 when you can't. I, Jesus Christ! All right, I can't even have fun. I can't. Yeah, uh, I'm going to break. I'm fucking going to break. I'm fucking going to break. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We'll be right back. Back, it is now time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, in quick news, Variety reports that the uh, Batista led film My Spy will now skip theaters and will be released on Amazon Prime Video. No release date yet has been given. So, yeah, it's not hitting theaters at all. Well, That's crazy. They made that decision pretty early compared to some of these other movies. They pushed this movie back a couple times. I, the first okay. time they pushed it back was uh, after the Kumail Nanjiani movie came out with him and didn't do too well. And Stuber? Then they, Stuber, which I loved. I thought it was great. <laughs> um, and and then, then it got pushed back. And then it got and, – and then over the coronavirus, they pushed it back like another month. And now they've just decided to give it the uh, Amazon – Prime release. I know that it's illegally streaming in certain places Ooh. already. So, uh, cam vision, uh, cam version. Somebody had recorded it. I guess it had been released somewhere internationally. Somebody recorded it on cam. 
Uh, I decided not to watch it because I did want to see this one in the theaters. But, um, yeah, it's going to be on Amazon Prime Video probably pretty soon. Uh, Kova from uh, Scenicast said that uh, Lovebirds is going to be going straight to Netflix, which that's pretty wild, too. That's the Kumail Nanjiani film. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if Netflix, like, vied for that or if he just took it to them and said, hey, I don't, I don't want to put this out in the theater anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, he had good luck with the big sick, you know, uh, that yeah. was in theaters. And then um, and it was on like three months later, it was on Amazon Prime Video. So um, I think it'll 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 be it'll be a hit on Netflix. I think it'll be a hit on Netflix. I think so, too. This is, this is an interesting time for movies to be coming out and just seeing what the theaters are doing or not even the theaters, but the studios are doing in order to make people or have, let people see this stuff. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Or make a return on these investments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they have just have some weird deals or some good deals with, uh, like Amazon and Netflix to I, uh, yeah. recoup some of their losses. I think that's a lot of what it is. I think like, especially with like my spy, you know, the marketing budget's probably gone on that one because you know, it'd been pushed back a couple times now. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see. Headline from IndieWire: Louisiana police apologize for using the purge siren to signal coronavirus curfew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so police in Crowley, Louisiana, have issued an apology for using the siren heard in the purge to signal the 9 p.m. local time zone curfew. <laughs> That has been put. Was anyone killed because of this mistake? I don't. I don't think anybody actually started the purge, but the curfew prohibits citizens from leaving their homes between the local hours of 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. The police department said the curfew went into place because the city is located on the state's Acadia Parish, which has quote received the worst rating for the rapid spread of the virus. <laughs> it has been put into place in order to try and slow the spread. Police are giving citations to people who violate the curfew. Anyway. Crowley Police Chief Jimmy Broussard said in a statement to the local ABC News affiliate KATC that he was unaware of the signal being used for the coronavirus curfew was the same signal heard in the purge. Give me a fucking break. You thought it was funny. You thought it was funny. And he goes on to say, last night, a purge siren was utilized by the Crowley Police Department as part of their uh, starting curfew. Uh, we have received numerous complaints with the belief that our agency was involved in this process. We were not involved in the use of the purge siren and will not utilize any type of siren for this pur- uh, purpose. Calls regarding this matter should not, should be directed to the Crowley Police and Chief Broussard and not the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office. Uh, uh, fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, we're getting that. What's it? Is it the final movie, the fifth film, I think it's, it's being called, uh, the final purge is what it's being called. I think that's the title that I read. Of course it is. The final purge. <laughs> They're still doing that TV show. They're still doing that TV show, I think, on USA. And from what I hear, I hear it's pretty good. I, I, I only watched like the first couple episodes. I dropped off of it. Yeah, I did not continue on with the purge TV show either. I'm not the biggest fan of that series of movies. I, uh, I think they should kind of shove it. I kind of loved it, so. <laughs> I kind of love the purge. 
uh, uh, even like the one with uh, what's his name? Oh fuck! The oh, guy who uh, played Black Crossbones. Manta? The guy who played Crossbones. Oh, he was, oh, he was yeah, in a couple, yeah. wasn't he? Frank Grillo, he was the second and third one. Frank Grillo. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him. I liked him in the Purge movie. Anyway, news here from Dark Horizons. Apple has announced that it's making a number of its uh, original Apple TV Plus television series, kids shows, and one documentary feature available for free as millions of families are remain stuck indoors due to coronavirus. So you can watch uh, uh, all these series. You can watch Servant, For All Mankind, Dickinson, and Little America, along with the film Elephant Queen. And the kids shows Snoopy in Space, Helpsters, and Ghost Rider. So nice. that's a nice move by them. Those are some quality fucking shows. Yeah, to I give away for free. Highly recommend that people watch Servant for All Mankind and most of Little America. Those are some really good fucking shows. <laughs> yeah, and that's not the whole library. They're they're still pumping out tons of stuff. So I mean, even though it's a very charitable move, they might get some subscribers out of it as well. CableTV.com is hiring five people. Check this out. This is crazy. We're paying. This is from CableTV.com. We're paying up to five people $2,000 each to watch every episode of every season of their favorite TV series. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who you we get to w- pick the series then, huh? Yeah. Who we want to hire. The successful candidate for this dream job will have a bachelor's degree. Just kidding. You can be a third grade dropout and qualify. As long as you're 18 years old, eligible to work in the U.S. and an active social media user. Then if you're hired, all you got to do is sit on your butt cheeks, watch TV, pig out, and post about it on Instagram or Twitter. Remember to tag at cable TV. At cable TV. Uh, what you'll be watching uh, what do you watch? It's up to you. Ideally, you'd pick your favorite TV show because who doesn't want to get paid to watch something they love? But smart business peeps could screen the lone season of Freaks and Geeks and be done with this temp gig in only 13.2 hours. Hourly wage, $151.52. Labor of love types could view all 679 episodes of The Simpsons and not care what that they'll only make $8.02 an hour. But the cool thing about the stream job is that it's not real work. You make your own assignment, which determines your hourly wage. For example, here's what you'd make by watching these popular shows. And it goes on and says, you know, like if you want, if you watch Seinfeld, you make $28.98 an hour. If you want to watch Star Trek, the original series, $30.38 an hour. Rick and Morty, $151.52 an hour. It's got all these fucking shows listed here. And so, yeah. That's fun how they break it down like that. Yeah. Um, uh, imagine how sweet it would be to uh, brag about making more per hour watching your favorite TV show than you do at your real job. On top of that, there's no background check, no drug test, and no dress code. No pants, no problem. So, yeah. CableTV.com. They'll uh, give you $2,000 paycheck. Uh, and then you get some uh, other things. Uh, you get a one-year subscription to your preferred streaming service. They give you a blanket. You get $100 in Grubhub gift cards. Uh, you get, uh, let's see, candy and treats, popcorn. So, yeah, just uh Log into CableTV.com and fill out the application and tell them in approximately 200 words why you are one of the five bright go-getters that they seek. There you go. Hmm. That's awesome. What would you pick, Brian? 
Arrested Development. Yeah, that's a good pick. Not too short, not too long. Yeah, that's what I would pick. I'd pick Arrested Development. If they're asking for my favorite series, it'd be Arrested Development. Even though the last couple seasons aren't great, uh, I'd still pick Arrested Development. That's good. I think I'd pick Lost. I, it'd, it'd be a fun show to go back and revisit and tweet about again. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a good one. <sighs> We're getting more Tiger King stuff. <laughs> a lot. Of Tiger King stuff. <laughs> News from Deadline. Investigation discovery plots follow up to Netflix breakout doc series Tiger King. Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, which launched on Netflix on March 20th, has become one of the streamers. Most talked about titles tells the story of Joe Exotic, otherwise known as Joseph Maldonado Passage in the world of big cats in North America, as well as an alleged murder plot. Uh, I Investigation discovery is now delving into the mystery with investigating the strange world of Joe Exotic, asking questions such as whether Carol Baskins was a selfless protector of animals or whether she orchestrated the disappearance of her husband, Don Lewis. The network claims that it will reveal the secrets that only Joe Exotic knows and features exclusive footage that has not aired. It will also ask what skeletons Joe is hiding, whether his conviction is justified, who is Jeff Lowe, and what does the FBI know, and what secrets lie hidden within Doc Anthel's walls. So, yeah, more. And then it doesn't stop there. We're getting Tiger content tiger king content uh this news comes more tiger king content this comes from dark horizons uh the interest and talk around netflix's hugely popular docuseries tiger king keeps swirling with several updates this week in the lead up to the easter holiday first up fox and tmz are teaming to produce the new hour-long documentary special tmz investigates tiger king what really went down especially (laughs) what really went down jesus (laughs) Special aims to investigate, and it, I'm telling you, it don't matter, man. People, I, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch all this <laughs> shit. I'm gonna eat it all up. It's a cash cow, man. It's 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 so fucking pervasive. I mean, my parents watched it. My parents it. watched it. Wouldn't stop texting me last week about it. <laughs> Special aims to investigate the answering lingering questions left in the wake of the series, including that rumor about Carol Baskin's first husband's disappearance, interviews with people connected to Joe Exotic, the Oklahoma animal trainer now in prison for hiring a hitman to murder a local animal rights activist, will be included. Uh, next up, Rob Lowe is reportedly in discussions with FX turned Netflix super producer Ryan Murphy to develop a scripted take on the saga which Lowe would headline as Joe Exotic, according to Deadline. Lowe said in a social media post, Ryan Murphy and I will be developing our version of this insane story. Stay tuned. Did you see the pictures of him? No. Joe Exotic? No. Oh, they're hilarious. He he, he took a bunch of pictures dressed up like Joe Exotic and, and posted them on his Twitter. It's fucking hilarious. And another report in the Sun says 20th Century Studios wants Orlando Bloom to play the role of a Joe Exotic. <laughs> oh, <that's hilarious>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And just when you thought I was done with Tiger King news, this news comes from the AV Club. Netflix announces Tiger King after show hosted by Joel McHale. What the fuck? Netflix has confirmed rumors that a follow-up episode of the provocative docuseries is in the works. 
ensuring that things stay properly soupy. The streaming service has also recruited Joel McHale to host the after show, which will feature most of the show's cast members who aren't either in prison, Joe Exotic, or just sick of, you know, the near constant murder accusations and or attempts, Carol Baskin. Titled, <laughs> titled The Tiger King and I, the special is being billed as the eighth episode of the series with McHale conducting interviews with John Reinke, Joshua Dial, Josh, John Finley, Saf, Eric Cowie, Rick Kirkman, and Jeff and Lauren Lowe, talking to them about their sudden brush with, uh, the, uh, with documented infamy. As such, the special probably won't sell the show for anyone who was already on the fence about its particular brand of, hey, look at these weirdos, melodrama, but it might provide some closure for anyone who wasn't willing to shell out on Cameo for a more direct message from most of the show's participants. It's going to premiere April 12th, which is tomorrow. The Tiger King and I. Oh my so God. much Tiger King news. How long until we have to buy a uh, Tiger King news bumper? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't care what they fucking do, man. It doesn't matter. If it's Tiger King, I'm watching it. I gotta, I gotta get more Tiger King. So fascinating. It is. It is. I, I, the, I, we haven't heard the last of this shit, man. I, it's, it, it yeah, is fascinating. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. We need it right now, man. Well, and it's also shedding the spotlight on the uh, the exotic animal trade, which sure. really needs to end. It needs to end. These places need to be shut down. You know, like the ones that aren't real habitats, the ones that are fucking yeah, exploiting exactly. these animals. Oh man, Did you see? Oh, oh this guy, uh, this firewireblog.com this has been going all over the place but Amazon Prime Video is going to present the South by Southwest 2020 Film Festival collection. Did you hear about this? That's yeah, awesome. That's, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun though. Yeah, they're going to do it for I think for what is it? Attendee period. So filmmakers who choose to participate will receive a screening fee for streaming their film. Over the 10-day period, the launch date is yet to be announced, but South by Southwest and Prime Video are targeting a late April date. So, yeah, those movies that were supposed to premiere at uh, South by Southwest 2020, yeah, they're going to be on fucking uh, Amazon Prime Video. That's crazy. Do you think, do you think they're going to do a similar thing with, with what they did with the uh, the pilot season thing? You can kind of vote for which ones you like the best. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how they're gonna do this. That would be really interesting to for the for the filmmakers to see where their films stack up. Yeah, that'd be interesting if they sent out like a poll or something like that. I know that yeah. movies that the let's see here, films originally announced to screen included Pete Davidson. Judd Apatow directed dramedy King of Staten Island, uh, The Lovebirds, the Camille Nanjiani film, and Issa Rae, uh, Kelly Oxford's directorial debut, Pink Skies Ahead, Bad Trip, the hidden camera comedy starring Eric Andre, Lil Ray Howery, and Tiffany Haddish. I've been looking <laughs> forward to that one. It looks silly. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned to South by Southwest for more information. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook for, uh, for the latest news when it comes to that. Um, update from Dark Horizons here titled Cat's Butthole Saga Takes a Dark Turn. 
<laughs> it's official. The cat's butthole cut did exist briefly. The Daily Beast has done some real digging, diving deep into a dark hole to deliver, <laughs> to deliver, Jesus. to deliver a report on the rumored earlier version of Tom Hooper's infamous adaptation of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which opened at Christmas to awful reviews and an atrocious box office. Last month came rumors that the characters originally had CG buttholes on their behinds. <laughs> And VFX artists had to remove them from some 400 shots before release. <laughs> that was followed by another report which indicated that it was a quirk of the fur simulation technology that was used, which results in some shots in which it really looked like very furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. <laughs> According to the new report, Katz was halfway complete when someone finally noticed the buttholes. A source who... <laughs> can you imagine that guy great Scott <laughs> one third of the movie has cat buttholes <laughs> a source who worked on the film's visual effects tells the outlet quote we paused it we went to call, we went to call our supervisor and we're like there's a fucking asshole in there there's buttholes it, it wasn't prominent but you saw it and you were just like what the hell is that that's a fucking butthole in there it, it wasn't in your face but at the same time too if you're looking at it you'll see it there was nobody that said we want buttholes it was one of those things that just happened and slipped through the source confirms one of the artists was then charged with having to paint them out while it's all amusing the piece takes a dark turn and goes further into the working conditions on the film, which sound deplorable, dubbed almost slavery. The artist put in 90-hour work weeks for months, often staying in the office for two or three days at a time. Adding to the complication, Hooper himself, source makes multiple allegations against the filmmaker, saying he, quote, has no idea how animation works. He sent crew members individuals emails to... Uh, uh, Denigrate, denigrating, denigrating, denigrating their work. He refused to watch animatics, so the artist had to fully render shots for his approval. And he even demanded, quote, to see videos of actual cats performing the same actions the cats would do in the film. It's not clear who had to break it to him that cats don't dance. Reportedly, it reportedly took the team six months to produce the Phillips two minute trailer, leaving them with roughly four months remaining to complete the entire film. And the film burned through multiple visual effects supervisors along the way, all allegedly due to Hooper and the time crunch. In the greater scheme of things, some CG anuses are the least of the problems with cats. So yeah, cat butthole cut, man. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Oh, Christ. Does that make the movie better or worse? It can't get any better. Oh, it can't get any better. Neil, <laughs> Neil, Neil loved the movie. So I yeah. did. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Like in like a, it's so bad it's good way, or like you're like singing the songs for the next three weeks. Uh, both actually. Uh, there's only the one song really that is any good in that entire musical. And yeah, I, I, I can't help but think of it. And 
it's it is it is such a weird like terrible movie i mean it's it's on par with butt boy as far as why i enjoy it you just love movies with anuses dude apparently apparently this would make it better than you need the butt hole cut for you oh my god i want to see your fucking porn searches dude I, it's all <laughs> ass related it's no you don't <laughs> kind of do kind of do um News from Dark Horizons, ABC's classic 1989 half-hour medical dramedy series, Doogie Hauser MD, is set to be rebooted for Disney Plus streaming service, currently going by the working title of Doogie Kialoha MD. The new, the new take is set in Hawaii and centers on a 16-year-old half-Asian, half-white girl who works as a doctor. Fresh off the boat and How I Met Your Mother star Courtney Kang takes on the title role in the series to be produced by 20th Century Fox TV. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like reboot fever here. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris definitely still has it if he's going to make like a guest appearance or be any kind of a supporting character. But I, I, this isn't anything that would interest me, I don't think. Yeah, me either. I didn't watch Doogie to begin with, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I was all about Doogie Hauser. Yeah, well, I definitely loved the original when I was growing up. Holy fuck. I was all about Doogie. I watched – dude, I watched uh, – what was the uh, – Vinny always sneaking into his room. Fucking Vinny. Vinny Del Pino. Fucking Vinny Del Pino. <laughs> Every episode ending with him typing on the computer. Fucking uh, him trying to bang Wanda and <laughs> did he ever bang Wanda? Uh, in my fan fiction, I'm serious. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I need to do a rewatch, man. <laughs> I don't know. I need to do a rewatch. Did he ever bang fucking Wanda? And then there was what was there the episode where the fucking guy. Um, he like goes into the hospital with a gun or some shit, and then I remember that. Yeah, and then he ends up working there. Remember he, uh, his name was Z Man. They called him Z Man. <laughs> Boy, that ended so nicely. That, I don't think they'd be like that. Not in nineteen eighty nine. No, there's no fucking <laughs> way, man. <laughs> there's no fucking. Way. I love Doogie Hauser, but this sounds like complete trash. This sounds yeah. terrible. Like, it's like, just, if you're gonna fucking, if you're gonna give it over to a, you know, a 16 year old girl, what, don't even associate it with Doogie Hauser. Just make a 16 year old girl a fucking doctor. You're just doing that bullshit where you're fucking taking uh, a known property and giving it a female spin. Just fucking make a fucking new show about a female doctor that's not associated with Doogie Hauser. I just think this is the dumbest. Yeah, bullshit. it's not like it's going to get canceled because it's a streaming show to begin with. So they don't have to tap the Doogie Hauser thing on it, you know to make sure they get enough viewers to sell enough advertising. Like it's going to be on your streaming service anyway. So just why not make the same show, but not tack the whole Doogie Hauser thing onto it. People will make that comparison without you straight up calling it Doogie Hauser. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. AMC is going to file for bankruptcy. It looks like (laughs) (laughs) it sucks. It fucking sucks. I'm sorry. It fucking sucks. I'm going to miss my a list. I'm just going to miss, 
I mean, I, as much as I bitch about my experiences at AMC, it's going to fucking suck. Cause anyway, this news comes from Dark Horizons, AMC likely to file for bankruptcy. Wall Street analysts are indicating that AMC theaters, the biggest cinema chain in the United States, looks increasingly likely to file for bankruptcy. In a report Thursday, MKM Partners analyst Eric Handler wrote, based on our view that theaters will be closed until at least August? And her belief that AMC lacks the liquidity to stay afloat until that time, we expect the company will soon be faced with filing for bankruptcy. So even if AMC is able to tap government bailout funds, the company's $4.75 billion in debt makes reorganization uh, likely. So, yeah. Did you guys hear about fucking Wimbledon? Mm-mm. No. Wimbledon has been paying two million since for the last. You mean? Yes, they for the last like seventeen years they've been paying two million dollars a year for pandemic insurance, and now it's going to pay out a hundred and forty-one million (laughs) dollars. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, I saw this. Who fuck? Whoever did that was fucking brilliant. Whoever sold it probably it. thought he was brilliant until all this happened. No shit. <laughs> That's insane. Oh my god. <laughs> that guy got fired. <laughs> Whoever would have guessed we'd be going through a pandemic like this though? Oh my god. Yeah, this is nuts. Well, the experts about five years ago guessed it. Well, fuck them. Let's jump into Marvel News. Marvel News. I saw today Thor Love and Thunder concept art. I posted it on Twitter, saw it from another outlet, and the first image features concept art that it definitely looks like new Asgard. And, you know, after like the original Asgard was destroyed in Ragnarok, the survivors then, you know, they all, you know, made homes in Norway and we saw new Asgard in Avengers Endgame when Hulk and Rocket Raccoon visit, you know, to, to, uh, recruit Thor to join them. And so this looks like new concept art of, uh, new Asgard. We also saw those pics that we saw is, is that, is that mighty Thor's suit that we saw? I hope not. I didn't like it. No, I do not like it either. I, oof, it looks like something out of a Transformers Michael Bay movie. Or is it, or is it like, I wonder if it's Valkyrie's new suit, you know, as like Queen of Asgard or something. I mean, I could get behind the Valkyrie thing more so than uh, Mighty Mighty Thor. Thor. Why is Meek wearing a woman's pantsuit? I'm sure it'll be hilarious. Well, I, I think that there's no heads in, attached, right? But, like all three of the costume picks were of like a headless thing. No, that one pantsuit that you see, Meek is in there. That you see really? Meek's arm. You see Meek's arm coming out of that fucking pantsuit, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's ridiculous. I, I, I'm sure there's a hilarious reason why. Mm. It's, like, it's like holding a file or or something. It looks like cool. on that one. That's Meek's face yeah. at the top. And that yeah. is fucking Meek's arm coming out. That right arm. That is Meek. That is Meek. One of Meek's blades coming out. On. Well, look at the the other one. It's oh, that might be Meek in the other suit too. Then. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, let me take a look. If that's Meek in that suit, <gasps> I'm fucking. Oh my god, that might be a Meek battle suit. That would be fucking awesome. That looks like that would be great. That's fucking dope. Um, Meek is like going through different costume changes throughout the movie. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Because like in that first <laughs> that first one, it's like it, it's like Meek dresses like Agent Carter. It's so weird. yeah, that's what I thought too. It was Agent <laughs> Carter suit. It's so weird. Um, article from Dark Horizon <laughs> about the the new Thor movie. Since like the coronavirus and stuff like that, he's been able to talk about this a little bit more. And this uh, this article was titled "Why TD Teases New Over the Top Thor." This has me super excited. Like reading this article. Anyway, it goes on to say: the other day, Oscar-winning filmmaker Taika Waititi hosted a live commentary on Instagram during a watch party for Waititi's Marvel Studios film Thor: Ragnarok, the third film in that particular franchise. The New Zealand Helmer was in post-production on his soccer film, The Next Goal Wins, and production on the fourth Thor film, Thor Love and Thunder, before the coronavirus pandemic shut much down, uh, shut much of the industry down. During the chat, YTD revealed that he had already done five drafts of the Love and Thunder script. Actress Tessa Thompson adding that she hasn't been able to read the latest draft yet. YTD also promised a whole new level of craziness. Quote, it's so over the top now in the very best way. It makes Ragnarok seem like a, a really run-of-the-mill, very safe film. This new <laughs> film this new film feels like we asked a bunch of 10-year-olds what should be in a movie and just said yes to everything. Waititi also teased the appearance of space sharks from the comics, confirmed there is zero chance of a Silver Surfer inclusion, and that the Cronin character of Korg, whom Waititi voices, will further be, will be further explored with a look at quote a few of the cultural specificities, including quote how they procreate. Holy yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what he um, said, Korg was deeply in love and lost that love along the line, and he does not feel brave enough to find that love ever again. Oh, God, this is going to be hilarious. Um, I'm so excited. Expect Chris Hemsworth's Thor himself to have slimmed down from Avengers Endgame, as YTD says he feels Fat Thor is done and over. The filmmaker also showed off a glimpse of artwork from the film, one showing off Meek. And part of New Asgard, which you can see. Uh, finally, he confirmed that he will not be directing any episodes of the upcoming second season of The Mandalorian, as he was too busy doing the shoot for Next Goal Wins when The Mandalorian season was filming. So, I don't know. This fucking Thor Love and Thunder sounds like it's going to be batshit bonkers crazy. Yeah, it does sound so really exciting. fucking cool. Yeah. I saw a bunch of clips of that watch party on Twitter and it was, it was really cool. He was just being classic, charismatic, like Tyka on that stuff. He had Mark Ruffalo on with him at one point. He kind of almost confirmed that the Hulk will play a part in it. 
just in his huh. talking with Mark Ruffalo, it seemed like. Well, like they were joking that they thought that they, <laughs> they thought that they were going to get fired from Thor uh, Ragnarok <laughs> because they kept goofing off the entire time. So, yeah, it, he's just so ridiculous. I showed you the picture. He actually made up a fake script for the movie and showed it during the watch party where Tony comes back to life and reforms all the dead characters from the previous Marvel movies. Yeah, Tony's first Avengers. Tony's Tony's first words when he comes back, he's like, What's up? Hold on, let me find this fucking page of this fucking script. It's it the is, script is hilarious. The script People is were freaking out for like five minutes about it. The script is ridiculous. I actually took a screenshot of it. I thought it was so fucking ridiculous. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah, here it is. Um, Thor. Yeah. Smoke. Smoke enters. Oh, yeah. Smoke. The smoke clears the room and standing before him, Thor says, Tony? Tony Stark? Tony says, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Yeah, perfectly normal. He's alive. Perfectly normal. Perfectly Tony. Thor says, you're back. Tony says, in the sack, baby. (laughs) Iron Man. Iron Man and Thor hug. Thor goes, but how? I saw you die. Tony goes, science. Also, Thanos is back. That was my favorite line. And then Thor says, Mother Frigga, no. (laughs) And then he says, so we're assembling again? And Tony says, again, again. It's go time. Tony pushes a button on his Stark watch, and within uh, moments he's suited up again. Iron Man is back. Only this time uh, he's wearing decals of all the flags of every nation. Um, Tony says, everyone who died is coming back. And this time we're avenging even more than ever. From now on, we'll be known as the Avengers. Fucking awesome. And he made it look like just like a piece of real script and just showed it to the camera. <sighs> people freeze framed it and saw like he didn't read this off he just flashed it to the camera and all this detail was on it it's fucking great uh funko pop may have spoiled who the villain will be in the eternals movie you hear about this shit no it's i guess if you're like a big like comics fan of the eternals this is like no big deal and i guess you could have come to this conclusion yourself but looks like Crow will be the villain, and that's spelled K-R-O. Crow was born to the race of deviants, an evolutionary offshoot of humanity cursed with an unstable genetic code causing random physical character, uh, characteristics to crop up in each newborn child in the race. Crow was born with a number of traits which appeared to be unique among the deviant race and which were beneficial in nature. Chief among these mutations were those granting Crow his longevity and near indestructibility, both similar to those of another evolutionary offshoot of humanity, the Eternals. So apparently this guy's very strong. Uh, he's stronger, like in of his abilities, uh, than the Eternals are. Um, he's got limited shape shifting abilities. So he, 
he can't like make himself smaller or bigger, but he can change himself as far as like redistribute his his size as whatever shape he's in. Like if he's like a you know two hundred fifty pound alien, he can redistribute that two hundred fifty pounds to shape shift. In the, uh, but he can't go like real. He can't turn himself into like a coffee mug or some shit. You know what I mean? Or a fucking Toyota Corolla. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, not not really much of a spoiler. I mean, this guy's been around since the original Kirby Eternal stuff, so seems like the proper person to have as a villain. Yeah. Do we know who's playing him? Uh, that's that's who I don't know. I don't know who's playing him. Maybe he's all CG, and that's he why looks, we haven't heard anything about that. He kind of looked like in the comics when you look at him, he looks like uh, he looks like a uh, a scroll, but just with like a a fleshy colored face, like a, you know what I mean, like a pink fleshy colored face. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely room for interpretation. Like, I don't think there's a certain costume design or look they have to go to yeah uh, like they can kind of just do whatever they want i think yeah. and, and a lot of these images that i'm scrolling through he kind of looks like hellboy too really huh i have to look i have to look at some more pictures of it. i was looking at the old stuff from the old I, I was looking at both like the modern interpretation he's got these big horns on his head hmm. and everything i have to check that out um News from EpicStream.com. James Gunn just recently participated in ComicBook.com's Quarantine Watch Party. They've been doing these Quarantine Watch Parties. They watched Captain Marvel. They tried to get Lee, uh, Brie Larson to watch. I don't think she did. But uh, anyway, uh, James Gunn participated in one of these. And the director's been going on Twitter to reveal some pretty exciting secrets about the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Answering fans' questions on social media site, Gunn inadvertently revealed his original plans for Rocket Rocket Raccoon to have the Guardian of the Galaxy curse like a happy sailor. Um, Quote, he said, I do have footage of Rocket flying away with Baby Groot after saying, he said, welcome to the frickin' Guardians of the Galaxy. Only he didn't say frickin'. And then as he flies away, he turns to Baby Groot irritated and says, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to have a serious talk about your language. Fuck this. Fuck that. Everything's fuck, 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 fuck all the time. (laughs) Gunn openly revealed in his discussion with fans. (laughs) So yeah, this is, this is his tweet. This is what he said in this tweet. That said, I do have footage of Rocket flying away with Baby Groot after saying, yeah, um, Oh, we're going to, yeah, fuck, 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 fuck all the time. We even animated it in post-viz. The scene didn't just exist. I'd love to see that. The scene didn't just exist in the film script. Gunn also shot scenes around the, uh, around the raunchy conversation. We even animated it in post-viz, the director admitted. Gunn really wanted to push the envelope with the language of his second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Unfortunately, it seems like Disney wanted to play it safe, and so the studio forced the director to tone down Rocket's language. The House of Mouse probably didn't want to risk getting an R rating for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I want to see that so fucking bad. Yeah, me me as well. Me as well. James, I'm surprised he sunk so much money and time into it, knowing it, it would never actually be able to be a thing. Because <laughs> it's fun. You know, yeah, yeah, he just wanted one of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
what he plays at night in his room. That's fucking awesome. I totally would. Me too. <laughs> More James Gunn news from that quarantine watch party from Digital Spy here. Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn has revealed why Star-Lord Peter Quill didn't decide to stay on Earth after Avengers Endgame. The character was brought back to life at the end of the the last Avengers movie, along with all the other heroes that were snapped by Thanos. However, responding during a quarantine watch party to one fan on Twitter who asked how Star-Lord felt about being back on Earth, Gunn admitted he despised the planet. Quote, Peter despised being back on Earth and got off that planet as fast as he freaking could. He associates it with completely, he, he associates it completely with his mother dying. Yeah, that makes sense. Gunn has been noticeably active on Twitter lately, recently revealing a big casting choice in the Guardians franchise that he had to fight for, explaining it was Dave Bautista as Drax, the director said. Quote, I had to fight for him, and it was the most worthy fight I've ever fought. Love you and miss you at Dave Bautista. Oh, that's awesome. We kind of heard rumblings of this before, I think, too, that the studio really wasn't happy with that pick and it was gun that kind of really backed them. They wanted uh Jason Momoa. Yeah. They wanted Jason, was, was there, there was Jason Momoa rumors very early on as Drax. And uh yeah, they wanted Momoa. Um he also opened up about the only requirements that Marvel gave him when he was making the first movie in the series, quote, the only thing Marvel asked me to include was a Thanos cameo and said maybe I could create an origin for the Infinity Stones. Other than that, they were up for whatever and weren't set on any one way to handle the characters. That kind of yeah, that's kind of blows my mind, but it's it's interesting to hear that that with this property they were just like it's Guardians of the Galaxy, just go fucking wild with it. Do your own thing with it. I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine they give James Gunn Captain America and they're just like, ah, oh, do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> but I feel like, exactly. I feel, but I, I feel like after two Thor movies that haven't been like beloved, I felt like, I feel like that's the approach that they gave Taika Waititi with the third Thor movie. And he just, he ran with it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I thought this was very interesting. Gunn spoke more about the same thing, about the um, how when doing that Infinity Stone origin, he really wasn't keyed in to that being as big of a deal as it ended up being. So it's, it's wild that he came up with all that for the movie, just not knowing how much that would play into the big event later on. Well, think about how much that a lot of what he did in Guardians is going to play into the Eternals as well, when introducing the Celestials and things like that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, and all that was just off the cuff for the most part. <laughs> you guys, these Black Widow rumors aren't stopping, and they continue to leak out on the 4chan and Reddit, and I... I, I've got a link here that talks about some of these, and I thought the best the best people that kind of like broke these this leak down, <coughs> excuse me, was from uh, the uh, Hindustan's top uh, Hindustan's Times dot com, 
And they talked about this leak. And it goes on to say, in the film, Taskmaster will be a former S.H.I.E.L.D. operative, much like the Winter Soldier. He will claim responsibility of sending crossbones into his battle with the Avengers. <coughs> Excuse me, God, I need to pause. You're fine. All right, sorry, I had a coughing fit there. I probably have COVID and I'm going to die, so... <laughs> <laughs> Very somber. Yeah, shy. You're leaving. It's fucking late. Yes, that's right, man. I I gotta go. It's it's nearing four o'clock here. I'm super tired. I hate to do this. No, you don't. I don't want to go. You haven't you haven't contributed in the last hour. You haven't said shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> I haven't heard you. I see. I forgot you were even on the fucking episode, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you've been oh, absent. Yeah, you've been absent for the last fucking forty-five for the minutes to an hour. Exactly. So now I'm doing the rightful thing and just leaving now. You're tapping out. Note. You're tapping Silence. out. You're fucking tapping out like a little bitch. I am. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so agreeable with this. He's a, he's like whatever will get me off this fucking episode. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'll be whatever you want, bitch, whatever, pussy, pusshole. I'll give a fuck. Just get me off this fucking episode. Get me out of here. Yeah, sure. Whatever's gonna put my head on the pillow faster. <laughs> Shy. It's always fun having you on, dude. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. Thank yeah. you so much for hosting, Jake. So wonderful to talk to you, Neil. Very nice to meet you. And uh, yeah, thanks again. All right, get get you sleeping. No, what time? <laughs> hey, dude, it's fucking eight thirty where I'm at. It's like fucking nearly four in the morning where you're at. Yeah, I know. You're still a bitch, though. I know. I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with you, dude. I love having you on, man. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, you hit me up anytime you want to come on. Just let me know, man. Absolutely. Take it easy, boys. Later, dude. Later, shy. Later. Sleep tight. All right. So, like, the, in the film, okay. They talk about Taskmaster. He's going to be a former S.H.I.E.L.D. operative, much like the Winter Soldier. He will claim a responsibility of sending crossbones into his battle with the Avengers at the beginning of Captain America Civil War. Black Widow is a prequel set between the events of Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. Quote, um, this leak goes on to say, it was Taskmaster that decided to become a double agent and orchestrate Hydra's eventual takeover of shield during the events of the winter soldier eventually taskmaster activates about a dozen or so of the unfinished prototypes and unleashes the super adaptoids on the widows each prototype fights and behaves like an individual avengers member as taskmaster uh, as taskmaster had previously been using them as sparring partners as such they are unable to automatically switch styles in their current program state. The leak corroborates a previous report that Taskmaster will be, re, will be revealed to be working with Thunderbolt Ross in the film's mid-credits sequence. And 
I hear he's going to be mimicking different characters that we haven't seen in movies yet. Fox characters that we have not seen in the movies yet. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, I hear that he's going to be mimicking Deadpool. He's going to be using, I hear he's going to be using swords and saying, Oh God, I gotta, I gotta, um, let me, I gotta pull this article up. I don't know why or how this did not get saved onto my notes, but I've got to pull this up. It's really fucking, give me a second. Go ahead. One of the things about, in the, in the comics at least, was that Taskmaster really couldn't mimic Deadpool because Deadpool's so crazy. It's comics, that, bro. It's comics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that shit ain't canon, Neil. They don't give a fuck about <laughs> that. Um, I, just, I remember that, though. That was like away Deadpool number two. Yeah, it would take away from it for me if he was able to mimic Deadpool's moves, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> no, there's just a scene. There's a scene where they say it's really funny how they did it. I can't fucking find it right now, but there's a scene where he basically, I guess he's using swords and he said he learned it from somebody that just wouldn't shut up <clears throat> that, that couldn't shut their mouth. I can't find the fucking quote right now. And then also he uses another weapon, which is basically like Wolverine's claws. It's like you hold, okay. yeah, you, you hold like a handle and it's got the claws on like it. A, it's like a Indian weapon, I believe. Yeah. It's yeah. Very similar. He talks about that weapon and how it's mostly, um, it's mostly, it works the best if you're basically virtually indestructible. And he's talking about Wolverine. I also hear that the character could be mimicking some of the moves of uh, Moon Knight and Ghost Rider. So I don't know, but th- these are just rumors. And I thought I had I thought I had them all here in my notes, um, but that's that's what I've learned from um, from from this 4chan leak. But uh, th- these 4chan leaks, like as soon as they're up on 4chan, they're deleted, and then I have to find them on Reddit. So that's one thing. But yeah, if you That's guys cool though, that those are neat Easter eggs to slip in. Yeah, it'd be neat if they did some more obscure characters than like the super most not obscure characters possible. Though, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, this is this is what we this is what we know so far. I, I, I mean, I'm sure that there will be people watching these clips and will be picking up things years later. I, I know that, like, going through like the Marvel thread on Reddit. People are picking stuff up about movies years later that we'd never noticed before. So, I mean, I think like just from the trailer, we noticed like Taskmaster using the bow and everybody like said, oh, yeah, he learned that from Hawkeye. Um, watching the movie, there could be, you know, I, there's some people that have said, oh, yeah, it looks like looks like he's learned that move from like, you know, Black Panther or whatever already from the trailer. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I mean, the movie. Yeah, there is the, the the Wakanda Forever move that he does. Yeah, like when he has the claws on his fingers. Yeah, you think shy? You think his little bitch ass is asleep right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, already. Before yeah, his sure. the pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right, let's take a quick break. Come back, do DC news, wrap this fucking bullshit up. Yo. All right, we're back. Fuck me. (laughs) God. Uh, DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Looks like uh, the Batman, they've only filmed about 25% of the movie. So, like, people were saying, like, oh, you know, post-production, you know, like, well, the effects and stuff and all the stuff that they could do on this movie is going to be amazing because they're going to be able to do all this, uh, you know, extra stuff uh, in post. They've only filmed 25% of the movie. So he's like... Mm. That's really not a, this is really not gonna happen here. Matt Reeves is kind of revealed. And he, he's also said that he has no plans to rewrite anything that he's already written. He said, quote, it took me two years to work on that story and it's a very specific mystery noir that's been really thought out by me and my partners. Um, that said, the director says the downtime has allowed him to look at the Batman with a fresh pair of eyes. I would say that the changes really have to do with Oh, seeing the tone of this with these scenes we haven't done, which connect to that part of the storyline, he explained. It feels like there might be an opportunity to explore uh, some of the uh, of that unexpected tone that we found uh, with these movies. You never have enough prep time because they're so complex and so enormous in so many ways. It also gives me a moment to think about the larger sequences that have yet to come up and how I want to realize those. doesn't sound like he's going to change the script, though, at all. He's very happy with it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They, they gave him as much breathing room as he needed to write it. and Yeah, I'm not surprised that he's set in stone on it at this point. Yeah, so... Uh, we will see what happens with the Batman. That is until they screen it and the studio demands <laughs> it to be 40% reshot. And they'll change the script. And I don't think they're going to Snyder this one up. You know what I mean? No, no. I I, I was making mean jokes. I, I, I think he, Matt Reeves is respected enough. And I think he made such a big deal about even taking the job that, like, that's not going to happen. Did you see like, and I don't know, like this is unverified. It's been on Reddit, but basically it's, they're saying that it's not set in the nineties. This is a set in present day. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I have seen that, that he's saying it's not going to retell his origin and that it is set in present day. So that's yeah, crazy. That's, I like, I actually like that a lot. Uh, it's not gonna be like a prequel to Ben Affleck. It's gonna be its own thing. It'll be its own thing, and I think that's what they need to keep doing. That I think that's what's yeah. working. You know, it, I mean, it worked with Joker, and like they're trying to move away from like the overall, like trying to connect everything and just have every movie stand alone on its own. Yeah, but I, unlike I, Joker, they're still able to have a sequel to this. Like they're right. It has that breathing room for a sequel where it's not trapped in a bubble of time. Right. DC. Yeah, like they have a loosely connected universe that's uh-huh. not like Marvel, where it's you know one thing leads to the next. It's it's more of they are all they're all in like the same playground, but they're not trying to influence each other that much anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah anymore. anymore. I got this from DCEU League subreddit, and I don't know, 
like I can't verify any of this, but I just thought it was interesting enough to talk about. This is Green Lantern Corps, that show that's going to be hitting HBO Max. This is unverified, but apparently one of the one of the DCEU leaks subredditors um, posted this that they have show plot details. And they're saying each episode in the first season is split into three different timelines. Timeline one takes place in the 1900s. It's the story of Abin Sur and Sinestro as Green Lanterns and their adventures and Sinestro marrying Abin Sur's sister. Timeline two takes place in mid-2000s where it begins with the death of Abin Sur and Sinestro training rookie Hal Jordan. And then Timeline 3 takes place in present day where an experienced Hal Jordan who's now training rookie John Stewart and they both, uh, and they're both fighting the fallen Sinestro who is now the leader of the Sinestro Corps. They that could talk, be interesting. Yeah, three different timelines. <laughs> well, if we're getting into Westworld territory, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As long as they don't do like The Witcher and not like not show that there are different timelines. Yeah, it talks about different characters that are going to be introduced uh, here: uh, Sornik, Natu, Kilawug, uh, Quard, uh, Carol Ferris. Uh, they're going to appear as minor, minor characters. Uh, uh, Atrocitus and Larflees will uh, will be minor villains. Uh, it talks about all other cores being mentioned. So, you know, like yellow lanterns and, and, uh, all the different other lanterns will be mentioned in the series. I don't know if they're going to show up or pop up, but the, basically the big takeaway from this one, if it's true, is these three different timelines. And I think that's kind of fucking cool. Yeah. That's a way different approach. That's super smart. I, they really do need to introduce introduce all the different colored lanterns, though. I mean, that was one of the most popularity I've ever seen Green Lantern have in my 42 years on this planet was when they went crazy with all the different colored lantern storylines. The you know, Lantern War. Like, yeah, like the, all the Jeff John stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's I, That's one thing DC never really seems to capitalize on is, like, really connecting some of their biggest comic book stories well on film. I mean, they haven't kind of figured out the Marvel way there, you know, where they can use those events and properties Ugh. in film. Like, you don't I have to do a direct adaptation. No. But just, you know, use some of those concepts and conceits. And they do. Cool. They do. But they do them, like, and as for as much as, like, I I'd still love Zack Snyder. I think he's a great guy, and I, I love Zack Snyder. It's just I felt like, you know, with Batman v Superman, it was like, okay, I'm going to take elements of, like, you know, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. I'm going to take elements of um, in uh, injustice. Yeah, and they shortchanged the death of Superman on yeah, top of it. Yeah, and the death of Superman. Like they 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 put like that whole dream that Batman was it Batman that had that dream or yeah, Super- the night yes, yes, yeah, yes. like that felt like it was like injustice, and then and then the death of death of Superman. And like apparently, like that wasn't like Zack Snyder came out and said like that wasn't like the real Doomsday. That you know what I mean? Like there there was yeah, still a real Doomsday. Bullshit. Yeah, I, it's just but they still did all the imagery and they still blew it. Like you still can't do that shit again, right? 
Yeah. That should have been Man of Steel 2. That whole movie yeah. should have been Man of Steel 2. Like this, uh-huh. that, the movie that we got should have just been Batman versus Superman. I, for as much as I loved Wonder Woman in that movie and getting that guitar riff and her character introduced, <laughs> like that movie should have just been Batman versus Superman. The whole movie. Yeah, the last 45 minutes feels like a bunch of tacked on shit that should be, and it's good stuff. Like it's good material that they just fucking fuck it. Let's just cram it all in the last half an hour. Yeah, it's kind of like how I felt about the last third of Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan one, where it was like, you had the story that had an ending. Why did you need to add another character in order to make it longer? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's just very bizarre. But yeah, the the different colored lantern cores is just one of those things that they, oh man, don't fuck that up. You could sell so much merchandise and like Green Lantern was made fun of and you can bring honor back to the name of the character with that stuff. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Just don't introduce the one lantern whose weakness is wood. <laughs> <laughs> what is that clicking, crackling noise? Is somebody roasting chestnuts in an open fire? What is going on? It might be me. I was twisting my, my mic here. Yeah, th- yeah, it's definitely that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the <laughs> twisting of the mic, the device it's that's the cord, used. Not the actual microphone. Well, it's well. You said mic, so I took Sorry. it literally. <laughs> I, I got fidgety, so I didn't realize I was doing that even until you said something. No, we're gonna rap soon, Jake. This episode sucks ass. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't need to make it worse. I was ready to rap this one. Fucking three fucking hours ago. Shy, 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 shy would like, I envy him right now. His little bitch ass is. After shy told his story about chasing after the guy, we should have just been like, all right. And we're out. That's it. It's as good as it gets. It's all downhill. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Uh, Star Wars news, this Obi Wan series. Who knows when the fuck it's coming out? <laughs> yeah, it's been basically shelved at this point, right? Don't you think there should be there should be a fucking droid COVID nineteen? Shouldn't there be a COVID nineteen <laughs> droid? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, why not? If there's twin babies, why not a droid? Uh, you got to stay six feet away from him. Uh, get, throw some rules in there. You know what I mean? Like an electromagnetic <laughs> field that keeps you six feet away. Yeah. I don't know. God damn it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, <sighs> the French incarnation of the Disney- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's so much preamble, I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> I just, I don't know, guys. I'm just not feeling it this week. God damn. Uh, we did it, man. Like, we started early, so yeah. it, it seems like we haven't gone as long as we should, but we've really gone as long as we have the last three, four episodes. I know. Yeah, but it's not about going long. It's about the, <laughs> the journey there, and I feel like... <laughs> the quality of the content. The quality of the content and the journey, and I feel like 
that has been lacking this episode. You know what I mean? Like, well, and it, it, we also yeah. got like the lack of information because nobody knows what the fuck let's is not, going on. Let's not make excuses for how shitty this episode. <laughs> like, uh, let, like, let's. At the end of the day, I think like we, I have to take a little bit of responsibility for how bad this episode is. You know what I mean? Like, I think at the end of the day, it falls on me. So Shy is going to come back in sixty episodes and talk about this episode. Yeah, I told that kick-ass story, and then it was, and then it was, yeah, it's a good stuff. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this episode sucks. Like, we just need. To, I think next episode we should just talk about how bad this one was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break it down segment by segment. Yeah, you know, like Joel McHale is doing. Yeah, dude, that would be fucking great. Joel McHale's doing that after show of that Tiger King thing. We should do an after show of this show and just talk about how fucking shit-tastic it was. Uh, I mean, let's have other guests on to rip us, too. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun, like a roast. Yeah, yeah. And we can we can play like you know the highlights of this episode, which which are very few and far between. <laughs> you gotta have that punctuation iTunes review. And that's about it. Oh God! I'll just say what highlights. Oh my! Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> this one's bad. It's really bad. Like I'm ashamed to put this out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Man, I was riding. I was riding pretty good after the first segment. I thought we were killing it for a moment there. No, 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 no. It just went. It went downhill. It just went downhill fast. This was like like a, like a, what, what do you got? Like you know like like like, like that snowball on a mountain and it gets bigger <laughs> as it rolls down. This is that. This is that. Like an avalanche or something. Just terrible. Mm. That's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a great analogy by me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the best parts of this episode. One of the best parts. Of, <laughs> hey, Brian, you want you you want you want to talk about snow again? <laughs> You're I think you ate the licorice is when everything went bad. Oh God, I know. I, I still have that fucking. I'm pissed off at this fucking licorice. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Jesus, strawberry and oh, cream, man. and then it's got that fucking. Black licorice in the center. <laughs> That's so weird. Like to pair those two flavors together. Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you not have the red licorice, the red sweet licorice in the middle? You gotta yeah. fuck it up. Thanks a lot. I mean, I've never I, thought of ever covering black licorice with another flavor. That's no. weird. Well, black I mean, licorice. I like black licorice. Ah, then you can have this whole fucking but canister I don't want it combined with strawberries and cream. Oh, I want. I want one. I love it. I love it too. No, you guys can knock yourself out. You can fucking circle jerk over this fucking bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's fucking disgusting. God damn it. I waited like three weeks for this shit. Fucking Elden295G fucking slaved over this fucking batch. You know what I mean? <laughs> for some guy that doesn't even like it in the first place. Yeah. I, we got a listener here sent me something in the mail. I want to open it right now. I've been... I want to open it forever. Christopher Edwards, he's got a 3D printer and he made me something. Dude, what the fuck did you... Holy shit, dude. He sent me a bunch of shit. He sent me some fucking potato chips. Zaps potato chips, New Orleans kettle style voodoo chips. Oh, Zaps are delicious. I've never had... I don't think I... He sent me a bunch of Zaps chips. 
Oh, man, yeah. If you love chips, you'll love chops. They're fucking good. Holy shit. All these flavors. New or- heard of lots. Yeah, they're good. New Orleans kettle style voodoo chips. He sent me Cajun dill gator taters. <laughs> he sent me mesquite barbecue. He sent me so- oh, salt and vinegar chips. Nice. Uh, he sent me spicy Cajun craw taters. This is better than that fucking licorice bullshit. This is a wash. <laughs> this is a fucking. I'll be eating this shit. Hot and hotter and hot jalapeno. Nice. <laughs> Yum. Oh, he's not done yet. New Orleans kettle style regular flavor. Man, you know, you know, you're in for a treat when it bags as regular flavor. Shit, man, I need to get me a 3D printer. I didn't know you could make fucking zaps. I thought he, <laughs> I thought, I thought he was gonna send me a 3D printing or something, cause he was talking about this 3D print thing that he was gonna send me. He did send me a 3D printed baby Yoda, which is pretty awesome. And it's chilling on top of my microwave right now. But my god, I'm a, I'm gonna eat the fuck out of some chips, dude. Thank you for these zaps chips. Oh my god, I'm gonna That's eat, fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna eat the fuck, you know what, I'm gonna fucking eat some right now. What, are, what do we got? <laughs> I, I want the, I want to try these Cajun dill. You guys wanna hear me eat some Cajun dill? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Oh. Woo! That is pungent yet sassy. Jesus. <laughs> pungent and sassy. That's how I describe all the best chips. Mmm. 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 Can you hear that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That is so good. <laughs> uh. mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh, I'm so happy you're finally getting to eat something good this episode. Oh my god. It's like a potato and a pickle. Just Fuck the shit out of each other, and now they're rolling around in my fucking mouth making a porn. <laughs> and my Go tongue, my tongue is the mattress. Jesus Christ! Ah, oh God! Thank you, sir. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to somebody eat. Unsubscribe. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect symmetry, though. We started and ended with eating. Yeah, we did. We started, we ended with eating. <laughs> so, wait, I like to bookend our episodes, Jake, with a comment. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. We need Stephanie Chapman on next week, then. I know, yeah. <laughs> Pretzels. Mmm. Mmm. Wash it down with this beer. Yeah, who knows? The Obi-Wan series might be pushed to 20, 2022. Who knows? At Who some knows? point, we'll do it. It'll come out one of these days. You and McGregor, we got him by the balls. He wants to do it, so we can just do it whenever the fuck we want. Yeah, let's wrap this bitch up. I'm going to eat some chips and pass the fuck out. How's that sound? I love it. I'm going to eat some food and do the fucking same. All right. God damn it. This episode was fucking crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Real bad. Real bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
about some good stuff, though. <laughs> Quit trying to fucking salvage this fucking turd fire, I don't know if the conversation was the good. Co- no, like worse. the conversations that we had were just like terrible. Oh my oh, god! Man. Neil's like that fire extinguisher that you haven't tried in like a decade. <laughs> it's like those conversations like blows up in your face. It's like those conversations that like you have with like family and you just don't like you're forced to be there for like whatever <laughs> event and you just you would so rather talk about Christmas but you're on your you're fucking around in your phone like you don't give a fuck you would rather be anywhere else but like what is actually happening in the moment that was us that was us yeah except with no phone you're fucking stuck with, you're stuck without a phone there's no phone to be fucking had. Your battery yeah, died. Like Twenty years ago. Your battery yeah. died, and now you got to listen to Aunt Gladys talk about her fucking latest Pap smear with your fucking. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God damn it! Aunt, you do you have no filter, Aunt Gladys? Jesus Christ! I don't want to listen to this shit. <laughs> Every year with this shit. Every year with this shit. <laughs> I hope you catch the COVID and die, Aunt Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap this shit up. All right. I'm in. Just like all good leftovers saying the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with whatever the fuck we're doing. Uh, uh, with, uh, with more riveting conversation. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're bringing it. We're going to bring it next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Strap yourselves in. Who knows? Who who knows? I might eat. I might be eating another bucket of licorice or whatever the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Christ! Terrible episode. See you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure Leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit We're the leftovers Picking up the scraps Dropped by the poor kids It's a trap Good and toss it, good and take Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture, leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent 